is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man, how the heck are you? It is the Monty Show. Happy Tuesday, February 7th, 2023. What happened to your Utah Jazz last night? Holy cow. Wait, I thought Luka wasn't playing last night, and I thought Kyrie wasn't making his debut until tomorrow. Uh, Your Jazz got torched. Is it time to make trades? We'll talk about that. LeBron's breaking the record, I think, tonight. Yeah. I think LeBron breaks the all-time scoring record at crypto tonight. But here's my question again. Why doesn't LeBron get the respect he deserves? We have to talk Lakers, LeBron, OKC. I know, I know what you're thinking already. Why are you always defending LeBron? Because I feel like I'm the only one doing that. Uh By the Uh way, did you hear what Sean Payton said about Russell Westbrook? Wilson. Russell Wilson, excuse me. It's National Fettuccine Day. Yes. Which yes. I know that you are um, you are quite excited favorite. about. It is my favorite. Okay. That's right. When's the last time you had fettuccine? In California. Not this past time, but the time before. So like a year ago. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And I'm good with that, man. We'll talk about fettuccine. Good morning to everybody already watching the show. Appreciate you guys being here. Uh, first one in this morning, uh, as usual, is Maury Alvarez, live in the great state of Florida. Maury, appreciate you. What's up, Tanner Plummer? By the way, did you guys see the rehab video from Kyler Murray? Wait until football at 50, about 45 minutes from now. This video of, of Kyler Murray rehabbing his knee will Do blow. Do you even listen? Oh, dude, it'll blow your mind. It will blow your mind, the prog- progress yep. that the little guys made. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> Are people myring? It's going to be amazing. Trust me when I say that. Football 50 uh, coming up in 45 minutes. As always, we are presented by our good friends at The Advocates. Theadvocates.com, the best injury attorneys in the business. I tell you, every single day, you don't reach into your pocket to work with the best. When you've been in an accident, if you have somebody that sits you because they were distracted driving, my friends, you've got to have an advocate. You absolutely positively Need to get to theadvocates.com. Hit the button on their website that says chat with a lawyer live online. There's an attorney waiting to talk with you 24-7, 365 at theadvocates.com where you never pay a consultation fee, no retainers. In fact, you don't pay the advocates until they win your case. Let's get to work on the program because last night the Utah Jazz got torched by an undermanned Um, Dallas Mavericks team, and it's pretty remarkable to me that the Dallas Mavericks are without Luka Doncic, they're without Kyrie Irving, they're without Dorian Finney-Smith, like they're without all these dudes, and yet still, the Utah Jazz lose by double digits in a game they were favored by nine points in, and before we talk about all the distractions of trades, the bigger issue for me is is that I don't believe that Will Hardy has done a good enough job 
working the defensive end of the court for the Utah Jazz. And I understand he's a rookie coach. I understand he's got development to do on his own. But Jake, at some point, Will Hardy has to be held accountable for the fact that this Utah Jazz team is not very good defensively. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very clear what's what's taking place with, with this team on the defensive end. And I think it starts before they even step on the court. I mean, last night, um, you know, is a great example of a performance where I feel like you walk out there and you felt like you were just going to run away with this game. You felt like you could just show up and and this would be an easy win because, you know, they're going through the Kyrie trade and Luka's not playing and they're shorthanded or whatever. And that's just not the case in the NBA. I got news for you. You know, even, even the worst player on an NBA roster is one of the best players in the world. And I think people lose sight of that. People lose sight of... Hey, these guys, even if you're the worst player on any given roster, you're the last guy coming off the bench, you're still a damn good basketball player. And given the correct opportunity, you're you're going to put the ball in the hole. And, and to me, you know, I, I, I look at this performance and I just felt like, man, like Dallas just came out and said, you know what? We're going to run. We're, we're going to get out in transition. We're going to run and try to create some stuff. And whether that's going to be an open three in transition or we're going to get all the way to the basket, I don't know. But that's going to be our strategy tonight. And, and lo and behold, what do you know? They got out and outworked and outran the Utah Jazz. And defensively, I just didn't feel like there was a, there was a, you know, a ton of want to last night. That's kind of what it felt like. It kind of felt like, well, you know, this hardy cat from Dallas who's the last guy on their bench yeah, we don't need to check him, even though he's four or six from three, and you know it's all net, and he doesn't need a rim. But what, like, what does that mean when you say you, you, it didn't feel like there was a whole lot of want to? Like is it a loose ball thing? Hard. Is it like, a? I didn't, I didn't feel like you were you were disciplined on your assignments and working that hard. How many times is Hardy going to be wide open on the weak side wing? How many times is that going to happen last night? So, but again, the question I'm asking you is: Is that an individual player not making an effort? Is that a systematic problem? Because I think when we're talking about guys like Will Hardy and we're talking about whether or not he's done a, a good enough job coaching defense, we need to be specific about that because it's easy to roll up and say, hey, this team's bad defensively. Here are my problems specifically with their defense. They don't get back in transition. That ball, they take a shot and they kind of hang out. The ball goes through the hole. Okay, cool. We scored a point. Hey, high five, high five. They're back getting a fast break layup. You're not getting back and defending. Your rotations on this Jazz team were so bad last night that you have a guy standing in the corner wide open for a three, and you don't have somebody even running out to him with any kind of urgency to get a hand up. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, like their pick and roll switches were terrible last night. It's one of these things, though, that this isn't isolated to last night. Yeah. And after the game, again, I know that... that you know, Mike Conley was talking about how friends were texting him and saying, welcome to Chicago. And then Conley talked about how he went to Twitter and was looking to see if he had gotten traded. I understand that there are trades hanging over this team. And absolutely, Danny Ainge needs to make trades. There's no doubt about that. But what I'm telling you is this is an effort, this is a want to, and this is a poor coaching problem. Yeah, and the whole not communicating on the pick and roll and not communicating on defense, I've, I've been seeing that since, you know, the first week of the season. I mean, it, the only difference is is that the first week of the season you had the built-in reason of, hey, it's the first week of the season. And and now, I mean, it's I'm not saying that, you know, it's every possession where they don't communicate. I mean, they obviously work on it and, and they're trying to be better about it. But, but here nor there, like, it's just when you play a team that is going through what Dallas is going through and they don't have any kind of, 
you know, superstar player playing last night and they don't have some guy that is just outright better than you, it's inexcusable to not communicate in the pick and roll. It's inexcusable not to, you know, get back in transition. And and that to me is why, yeah, I think today, like, yeah, Will Hardy's got to have some responsibility on this one because I feel like, you know, and, and again, I'm not in the room. I didn't hear the message before the game, obviously. I'm just going off of what I saw on TV last night watching this game. I have to believe the message last night was, hey, like, we're they're definitely going to run. You need to get back in transition, yada, yada, yada. Like, I would guess that was the message. But it just didn't stick last night. And, and, and sometimes that happens in sports where players, you know, the players are going to do what they want to do. But you're not that team right now. Like, like they should be. Yeah, they- I, I, I. See, again, I think we're talking around it. I, I'll go directly at it and say Will Hardy's got to be a better coach. I mean, he's got to do a better job, whether it's his sense of urgency, because I'm with you. I agree with you. This is not a once-a-month thing. I don't want to sit this here and is, say that the guy should, should, should you know, take a ton of heat for this performance last night. Well, no, like, he should take a ton, of, a ton of heat. I totally disagree with you. This is not a one-off incident. This is night in and night out this team gets beat back on defense. It's night in and night out that they are simply not willing rebounders. It's night in and night out that, hey, you're going to be undersized. You're going to need to find guys who are more physical, who are more capable rebounders. We've talked about this for two months. Yet you're not playing a guy like a Talon Horton Tucker. And the thing that really drives me crazy is you are playing Yudoka Azabuki, who's not an NBA caliber talent, yet he gets 10 minutes last night and THT gets none. This is a coaching problem, certainly. And I am, a, I am of the belief that Will Hardy has to do a better job. I'm not sitting here telling you to fire Will Hardy. I'm not telling you he's the wrong hire. You've got to have a higher level of accountability for your head coach because while you may be a mid-table and really at this point – a lower-end NBA franchise right now in the Western Conference, you're still in a playoff spot. And this kind of effort last night doesn't show me that these guys are fighting to be here. What this kind of effort last night shows me is this is a distracted, unfocused, ill-prepared team who thought because they were nine-point favorites that they were going to come out and roll Dallas. And I'm telling you now, (laughs) it's just not good enough. At some point... Somebody's got to walk up to Will Hardy and say, you need to get your act together on defense. And by the way, stay your ass home from the All-Star game and and get a game plan together. Because when the All-Star break is over, I expect this team to be significantly better on defense. End of story. This, This idea that you don't need to come out and work hard is simply not good enough. The idea that Every guy, every guy last night shooting out of the corner has a clear look at the rim because you don't have a guy running out with his hand up. And because the guy who is running with his hand up is late and it's not affecting his ability to see the rim. Yeah. Like, you got to be better than this defensively. It's the NBA. And I, I don't even care about the talent deficit on this team. They were without their four best players. They were without their two all-star starters in Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic. And they still ran your ass off your home floor at altitude when they play in freaking Dallas on a daily basis. That's right, It's, it, it's unforgivable. And I'm not telling you, again, don't, don't please go to Twitter and, and, and all your little message boards and say, oh, well, you know, Monty's talking about firing Will Hardy. I'm not talking about firing Will Hardy. But if we're talking about player development and David Fisdale is here to develop guys, 
We need a situation where somebody goes to Will Hardy and says, okay, look, dude, we got to sit down and you need to work on these things on your defense. Hey, Will, what are you seeing with with the club right now defensively? Because here's what I'm looking at. Mm -hmm. And who is that guy? It better be Danny Ainge. It better be, you know, David Fisdale. Because the other thing that I think is, it, it has me a little concerned. And again, I'm not trying to go way over the top with this. I feel like Ryan Smith is meddling. And I'm a little concerned about it. What does that mean? I, I feel like Ryan Smith is a guy who's all buddy-buddy with his players. And let me put my arm around you. And there was a video last night of Ryan Smith presenting Laurie Markkinen with a basketball mm-hmm. for the All-Star, getting becoming an All-Star reserve. Jazz Bear is there, and they're taking a group photo. He pushes, essentially, Jazz Bear leaves, and Laurie Markkinen turns to go, and Will, or excuse me, Ryan Smith grabs him and says, hey, we're going to take a picture together now. And it's like this cool kids thing. And, and this goes back to Travis Scott this goes back to why Why is Dwayne Wade, when he is rarely in town anymore, mm-hmm. when he used to be in town for every home game, why are why are Ryan Smith and, and Dwayne Wade sitting in different parts of the building? What happened to Buddy Buddy? We're sitting together like we're yeah. owners of the team. What happened to that? Ryan Smith is a tech billionaire. I get it. He's like 15 years old because that's how this appears to me. Look at the clothing line that they released yesterday. Right, yeah. Did anybody notice that? What What is this clothing line they released yesterday? Counterpoint. Like, what is this? Yeah. I don't understand. And I don't, I, the counterpoint thing, whatever. It's the same, it's the same clothing. It just has the awkward block letters that say counterpoint on it. So it's got the Jazz logo and it says counterpoint. Uh-huh. What are we countering with, wh- and what's the point? Like, well, I don't, the, the I don't get it to make money. That's the point. I mean, that's what, you know, when I saw the clothing line thing come out, you know, I, I was tweeting about it and I said, you know, I don't know, can't really speak to the quality of this stuff. You know, I'd have to get it in my hands. I, I do think that when you compare it to like from a visual perspective, I feel like they're trying to be off white from Nike. I feel like they're trying to be that kind of feel that sort of niche, if you will. Um, and it's priced reasonably, you know, you've got things that are 40 and $50, like for that caliber of, you know, line. I mean, that would be, that's a decent price, but again, that's not really the point. The point is, is that you, you've just released a clothing line just short of the all-star break and it feels like you're trying to make money on it. And I get it. That's cool. Like, I don't have an issue with you making money on the clothing line, but, but I tend to agree that I do think that. And I've kind of felt this way for a while about Ryan, and I don't think this makes him a bad guy or anything like that. I'm not saying that. But I do think he likes to be trendy owner guy. I do think he likes to... I think his mindset is we're going to be as forward-thinking as possible. We're going to do things that nobody else is doing because it's... I, I, I guess because it's cool or because it's you know innovative or you know whatever words you want to use. And that's kind of where... Where, you know, when we're talking about Will Hardy and the defense and basketball and things like that, that's kind of where I feel like, hey, is there a risk here that because Ryan is so worried about the All-Star game and a new clothing line and, you know, taking pictures with Lori that we're losing sight of the basketball floor? That's what I'm a little curious about. And, and I know it's not, you know, 
like Ryan's only responsibility to make sure that this ball club wins games. Frankly, that's Danny's responsibility. If we're being really honest, like like he brought Danny Ainge and company in to win more basketball games. That's just the reality of the situation. But also the reality of the situation is you're the owner of the club. So it is your responsibility to go out and make the team better. So I look at everything going on with the Utah Jazz and I say, I see a lot of noise happening, a lot of distraction, you know, clothing line, Travis Scott, Delta Center, you know, um, any number of things happening in the community. This, this presser they did yesterday where Ryan Smith is talking about, you know, I gauge, you know, the, I can't remember exactly what he said, but basically he said something like, you know, I gauge where a city's at based on how many cranes are in the sky. And I see a lot of cranes in the sky in Salt Lake, basically talking about how the city is being, you know, built and right, it's moving right. forward yep. and we're, you know, we're innovating. And so my point in all of this, not to get lost in it, but my point is just that right now, I feel like Ryan Smith is more focused on the All-Star game than he is on winning basketball games. That's what I feel like. Yeah, I, I, I just think this is a very young organization and a lot of mistakes are being made. And I think, I think right now you have to really be calculated and you have to make moves that are going to change the direction of this franchise and I don't think anything's lost, and I'm not telling you everything's doom and gloom. But what I saw yesterday, starting from that presser, through the Lori Marketing photo, through the just absolute lackluster attitude and performance last night, this is becoming more commonplace now. Mm-hmm. Where the Jazz just come out and have these games where they're just not very good. I'm, and you have the talent there. They're, I don't think anybody can deny that Laurie Markin and Walker Kessler, like Colin Sexton last night had moments that I haven't seen from him yet. Yeah. The, 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 the explosions offensively, his stepping into a passing lane last night. Like we're seeing development in Colin Sexton. I, I look at Laurie Markin and I'm like, wow, that dunk last night off the alley-oop from, mm-hmm. you know, Mike was unbelievable. But then we get moments where, I think the, the Salt Lake Stars are better than the Utah Jazz, especially on the defensive end. Like, what are yeah. we doing? Yeah, and I think that, you know, I, I just an interesting take is that two weeks ago at practice, I believe it was Eric Walden was tweeting about the fact that the Jazz spent, I think it was 30 minutes, where where every single player on the roster was tasked with making a certain amount of free throws. Right. And this team last night, had a pretty good night from the line, I must say. I mean, you're 88% from the line as a team. That's pretty damn good. So my point with that is I don't think that this team somehow is not able to adjust and get better at things and work on things. But to your point, the defense needs to pick up. Like, And I know we're at the trade deadline, and Mike's got to worry about it, and J.C. And J.C. talked a lot about it last like, night. Yeah, I, I get yeah. it. I get it. At the same time, though, with all due respect, I'm not going to feel sorry or, or feel bad or, or anything like that for these guys because it's a business. Well, but it's also not an excuse. Yeah. It, it, it's not an excuse to – I mean, the the bigger issue here is you already, as a fan, are coming to this game and Luka and Kyrie are not going to play. Mm-hmm. So you're already – you're coming into this expecting the Jazz to win and they just didn't show up. Yeah. And, and I think that's a 
a major issue. All of our Utah Jazz Talk and NBA Talk presented by Quick Quack Car Wash on the Monty Show. Make sure you get to your local Quick Quack Car Wash. I love it mainly because they're entrepreneurs. It's a local business, man. These guys work hard to build their business. These guys work hard to give you great customer service. And when you hear Quick Quack Car Wash, you automatically assume, hey, that's a good car wash because the end product, the car looks spectacular. But the fact that when you roll up, you get a smiling face, you get really high level of service, you get great vacuums that are powerful. And I love that they have the accessory vacuum attachment so you can vacuum out your cup holders or whatever it might be. You're getting a good experience, you're getting a good car wash, and they value your time because you're in and out of there in five to seven minutes. At Quick Quack Car Wash, make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. Jazz lose 124-111. Let's get your thoughts in here. Love that you guys are here this morning. Everybody watching the show, if you could give us a thumbs up, that would be spectacular. It helps the channel grow. Again, don't forget it, 11,000. And now it's just a matter of time. I mean, we set a we set a lofty goal or what we thought was a lofty goal, <laughs> and you guys have really come through for yep. us. Um, we told you we were going to take you plus one to the last Jazz game of the year. Um, if by... My birthday, we were at 11,000 subs. And we're at 10,752. So in two weeks, we've picked up 752 subscribers, which is, <laughs> in, in, in YouTube terms, that's ridiculous. I mean, yeah. that is a smoke show. We built this program on NIL. Thank you guys for being here. If we get to 11,000 subs by February 19th, which is my birthday, birthday. Uh, we are going to take you plus one to the Utah Jazz game. We're going to take you into the team store. You get to buy any item you want. We're going to buy it for you. the new clothing line? No, I am not. (coughs) Look, dude, this clothing line, I'm just telling you, here's the counterpoint clothing line. Better send those refunds. Seriously. And the issue is, look at the price all the way at the bottom. This sweatshirt that has on the far right here, the Hardwood LS t-shirt. Oh, excuse me. It's a long sleeve t-shirt. Not too familiar with that. So wait, let me get this right. A long sleeve t-shirt that says counterpoint on it. I'm unfamiliar with it. A blank white jazz logo is $60 for a t-shirt. A short sleeve standard issue t-shirt is $50. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's not so cheap. Uh, this is crazy, man. This is this is crazy to me. I don't know what this clothing line is. I'm not interested. I am not interested in it. Let's get your thoughts in here. Um, let's see. Tanner Plummer says, what's up, Hacks? What's up? Always good to see you, Tanner. Mr. Preston says, good morning, fellas. The Jazz definitely need to make some trades. Rough game last night. Kanai Johnson, who is my Jeep stalker now, apparently. Mm-hmm. He, Kanai, actually lives close to the Mavericks. That's he right, says he drives right by us every single day. Kanai, good to see you. Uh, good morning. He says, I totally agree that Jazz need to do something. I agree with that. Brandon Butler, a member of the program. Good morning to you, Brandon Butler. I don't think uh, the Jazz need trades for uh, reading's sake. They need to make trades. Not all trades are created equal. Well, you need to make meaningful trades. I would agree yeah. with that. Yeah. I would agree with that. Uh, Nameless School, good morning, my What's dudes. Up? What's up, Nameless School? Appreciate you being a member of the program. Thank you. Uh, can I said, if you was a GM, would you take Danny Ainge's phone call? I would. Yeah. I would. I think, you know, it, talking to people around the NBA, and we, we make a lot of phone calls really every day and text messages and I think there is no doubt that right now the hottest player on the on the trade market in the NBA is Fred Van Vliet. 
And I think that Brooklyn is, is going to be very aggressive in trying to get Fred Van Vliet. And I think Mike Conley is the hottest number two point guard. I think he's the second hottest point guard, excuse me, in NBA trade circles. And yeah. I think that I think that Mike Conley is going to get moved. And I can also tell you an NBA source yesterday told me that Jordan Clarkson's getting traded. Um, I have my doubts about that. I, I have been told repeatedly that Ryan Smith has no desire to trade Jordan Clarkson. Um, but I, I tell you, every NBA guy I talk to about JC says he's getting traded. Does that happen? I don't know. We'll find out. But I think there's a real good chance he gets moved. I still maintain that Malik Beasley is the hottest Utah Jazz player on the trade on the open trade market. You know, I think Miami is still doing everything they can do. You know, it's funny. Um, yesterday, we told you that that um, Ishba, the new owner of the Phoenix Suns, had be uh, put in place before the deadline. Yeah. Yesterday, he was unanimously approved by the NBA Board of Governors, 29 yes. to nothing. Um, the Cleveland Cavaliers, who also are in the mortgage business, uh, abstained, uh, so they did not vote. Um, the Phoenix Suns are open for business starting today because Ishba, Matt Ishba is going to take over the Suns today. Yeah. So that deal will close, and my guess is the Suns are going to be open to trading first-round picks. And I think the Suns and the Jazz make perfect trade partners, man. Mm -hmm. So I would, I would keep your, I keep your eyes on on that for sure. Yeah, There's time, by the way, too. The timing with which that deal went through, you still have time. Remember what I said last week, or maybe, maybe I said this yesterday. You know, you, you, a day, like eight hours in NBA time, is plenty of time to get something done. So the idea that you have two full days here, three full days, really. It means that things can still, lots of things can still happen. RR says, I thought the Mavs game would be an easy one for the Jazz. Minus nine going into it last night. Uh, Marking in one of seven from three. JC playing with blinders on explains something, but still they were 15 points ahead and lost. They didn't defend. Yeah. That, I mean, they just didn't defend. I and think everybody thought that you got like that the Jazz was going to walk into this game and handle the Mavericks. And I think... You know, I, I, that mindset has to change. I'm telling you, man, like every team, any team can lose on any given night in this yeah. league. I don't care yeah. who you're running out there. It, it's possible. And and I just, the, the this is where I say this team lacks leadership because games like this, what I would call a letdown game, if you will, this is where you need leadership to come out and say, it's not about Dallas, it's about us. We got to come out. We got to run the sets the right way. We got to play defense the right way. We got to take the right shots, even if we're up 30. We still got to play the game the right way. And that's what happens when you don't do that. Yep. Uh, I, I totally agree. Mesh says, uh, why don't the Jazz go after Sadiq Bey from the Pistons? Because what does Sadiq Bey bring you that you don't have? The, I don't think he's a special, unique, different kind of player. I think Sadiq Bey is somebody that, A, I don't think the Pistons want to trade. And B, I just, he, he is not, in my opinion, he is not, a, the power forward who transforms your defense. That's John Collins, in my opinion, who's mm -hmm. going to help you be a far better rebounder. I think when you look at the guys that are out there available to the Jazz that we've heard about, I don't think Sadiq Bey fits into the conversations that they've been having. Frankly, now, I, I honestly don't know that the Dallas Mavericks are any longer a trade partner for the Jazz. Um, because, again, I don't believe that they were ever in a position – where Dorian Finney-Smith was a was a desirable 
trade chip for Utah. I, I Jazz sources told me that they were not interested in Dorian Finney-Smith. That's just who Dallas was offering. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I much more look at the Lakers. And one other thing on this this Kyrie trade, anybody telling you that, um, you know, that, that they didn't trade Kyrie Irving, the Nets didn't trade Kyrie Irving to the Lakers because the Lakers tampered, doesn't know what they're talking about. The Lakers had permission to talk to Kyrie Irving. Somebody asked me about this on Twitter yesterday. I want to make sure we clarify this. That was not our show that said that. The Nets didn't trade Kyrie to the Lakers because that's where Kyrie wanted to go. I think our reporting on that has been pretty clear and now confirmed by just about everybody that Joe Sy was not going to give Kyrie that, that golden parachute that he wanted to LA. But the Lakers had permission through the Nets telling Kyrie Irving, hey, Yes, you can go and talk to other teams about trades. Hey, yeah, you can talk to the Lakers, as it was explained to me about signing an extension with them. He was given permission to do that. There was no tampering mm-hmm. between the Lakers and the Nets. But having said that, I I don't know what it is that the, the Mavericks can do to get Mike Conley, but I don't even know that he's a fit for them anymore. Although, I mean, Josh Green's going to have to be a hell of a backup point guard at this point. Um, I still maintain that the Clippers are the best fit. And if Brooklyn does end up getting uh, Fred Van Vliet from Toronto, I think the Clippers then have to go all in on Mike Conley. Right. Because they've got to find a point guard. They've got to get the ball out of Kawhi's hands. And Paul George really is a guy that's been wearing down late in games. So I think the Clippers are a great dance partner. I also think that very clearly the Phoenix Suns and Jared Vanderbilt is a really good fit. I mean, they they need that length defensively. I think if you look at what Rui Hachimara has done for the Lakers defensively, just extending his his space, like what Rui has done for the Lakers is allow them to play a much more aggressive brand of defense because he covers more ground because of his length. I think that's something that Jared Vanderbilt does, but I think he needs to be surrounded by a better group of players to be a more effective defensive player, which you're seeing his shortcomings, by the way, Jared Vanderbilt didn't play last night with lower back spasms, um, which is to say I think they're probably close on a trade with him, but here nor there. I think you're looking at a situation with the Jazz where I, I, I still maintain, I think Phoenix, Atlanta, and Miami are the three teams, and then on Mike Conley specifically, I think the LA Clippers uh, are the other team that I would expect to to be aggressive with uh, the Utah Jazz. Louis Capazzo, good morning from the Jeezy. Um, he says, it's a beautiful day on the showroom. Yes, it is. Ga- Gage Carter, what's up? He says, John Collins in Utah, please. Yeah. I- I'm kind of split on the importance of that trade. I mean, you need a power forward. The biggest hole in this lineup, in my opinion, is, is a power forward. Because Laurie's not that. Laurie is a three. In my opinion, he's a shooting forward. He's not... I don't think he's physical enough to check fours in this league on a daily basis. I think John Collins at the the four, Walker Kessler at the five, Laurie at the three, and then whatever you end up with at the two. I mean, you have a lot of options at guard on this team. Yeah. Which is again why I say that Talon Horton Tucker should in his ten million bucks should be traded. Uh, but we'll see. What's up, Glenn in San Diego? Who's a uh or the San Diego State fan, Glenn, who's a member of the program. Good morning to you. Uh, Matt Ritson says, good morning, Jake and Monty. Good morning, Hello. Matt. Always good to see you. What's up, Pudge, uh, Pudge NYC, uh, who says, we'll trade you Obi for Vanderbilt. Well, Obi Toppin's a guy that's been continually linked to the Jazz, and I'm not such an Obi Toppin fan. Mm-hmm. 
I don't, I don't necessarily believe that Obi Toppin's a 20-minute-a-night guy at any point in his NBA career. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing that you like about Obi, though, is size. You know, the 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 thing about him is, isn't he, he's 6'10 or so, I believe, and, and has good weight behind him. So if you could ever get him, you know, into a place where he was willing to play, you know, regular defense and was willing to provide for you on that end of the floor, I think that that becomes valuable. And this that's why this whole conversation around, you know, development and like will hardy and you know defense like that's why it's so important because if you make if you were to make a obi toppin for vando deal that i would hope that you would take a step forward defensively like i love vando i love the energy i love the way he plays the game but the reality is, is he's still pretty raw talent and he's a little undersized for what you're asking him to do and so to me it's like all right yeah i guess you know, if you want to make that deal for Obi Toppin, that's cool. I don't think that that transforms anything. I still think you're just trading one project for another project. That's the difference. Yeah, I think Obi's got skill, but he is a very limited player. Like, he's not a guy that you can play on a regular basis. So I don't know why now, for a guy that averages six points and three rebounds, why you would why you would bring him here. And, and again, I, I love his size and his length. I mean, he's 6'9". 220. I mean, he's got phenomenal size. I just yeah. don't, I don't know that he's a, uh, that he is a 20 minute guy. And if it, where this jazz club is a guy like Obi Toppin is a huge project. Mm-hmm. And I, I just don't think he's a great fit. Art H. Good morning to you. He says jazz should be ashamed of themselves. Trade Clarkson and Conley ASAP. Well, I think Mike Conley, I think is playing actually very good basketball. Yeah. I think in the first half we saw Mike Conley was very effective. I just think in the second half, this team stood around and watched the game. Like, they should have all bought tickets. Like, they just were not plugged in, active, and aggressive, especially on defense. And everything you love about J.C., you hate about J.C. I yes. mean, this the, the guy just continues to shoot no matter what. And it's uh, when you shoot the way they shot last night, 6 for 31, I think, from 3, 18%. They were terrible from mm-hmm. 3. And at some point, you've got to... I mean, you just got to be who you are, which is a three-point shooting team. But you also might want to try going to the basket. Yeah, and he had twenty-six, yeah. and I totally, I totally get that. I just think it's. I just look. I, I just this team doesn't have a guy like a guy, a core guy. Like I know Lori's the all-star, and he's the best player, and, and that's great. I'm not trying to take anything away from him, but they are, they lack that that. And I don't know if you want to call it a glue guy or whatever, but a guy that steps up. And says, dude, like, this is not good enough. Like, it's not good enough what we're doing right now. And we got to get back to basics. And someone needed to be saying that, like, probably halfway through the second quarter. Like, you needed to kind of change the the narrative through the game early in this game. And that's, that's what I hope, at a minimum, they're able to find through some of these trades. And I'm with you. Like, I know a lot of people are saying they're going to trade JC, but... We know for a fact Ryan does not want to trade Jordan Clarkson. We know that. That's just not in question. So, I don't know, man. I I just think that this team is in a very interesting spot. And this is why I keep saying this trade deadline is it's not just about making trades. It's about defining the direction that this organization is going to take in in the coming months. Yep. The Monty Show is presented by The Advocates. Find them online at theadvocates.com. We got stuck in traffic at a construction zone, and I got rear-ended at 80 miles an hour, so I needed help. They just stepped in and pretty much took care of everything. If you're in a motor vehicle accident or situation, call the advocates. 
Chat with an attorney live online right now at theadvocates.com. There's a little button on their website. You just click it. You can talk to an attorney 24-7, 365. And don't forget, you never come out of pocket to work with the advocates. In fact, you don't pay the advocates until they win your case. Hello to our friends in Phoenix. We love all of our guys in Arizona. Guess what? The advocates just opened an office in Arizona. Make sure you tell them you found them on the Monty Show. Talking jazz basketball coming up here in 13 minutes. Sean Payton and Russell Wilson already off to an interesting start. And why is it Jake Heaps' fault in Denver? It's not going to take place here. Is Jake Heaps the problem with Russell Wilson? We'll talk about that. Big, big update on Kyler Murray. This video of him working out. Wait until you see this video of Kyler Murray working out. <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, it's an exclusive on the Monty show, too. <laughs> Only here. I mean, you I mean it, it's... Well, you bet. No. Uh, good morning, Ian. He says, D-Wade and Ryan Smith played the horse together before the game. They are BFFs. No worries. Yeah, I don't know. That was a... Obviously, that was a... I'm not saying they had a falling out. It's not the same. It's not the same. There had been rumors that Dwayne Wade wanted to and then did sell his interest in the team. The Jazz confirmed for me that's not the case. He has clearly not been around as much. I would just, that's something I would keep an eye on. Hey, I, Zaire's not here either, by the way. By the way, did you see that Zaire signed in Africa? He is playing in Cape Town in the in the uh, Basketball Africa League. Mm -hmm. So congratulations to him. Um, I just think it's something I would keep an eye on. Like, listen, I'm not telling you that that Ryan Smith and, and Dwayne Wade don't have a relationship or it's not the same. They used to sit in the same seats right next to each other every night. And then what happened? He did, Dwayne Wade disappeared for months at a time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Gabby, his wife, Gabrielle Union, then goes on our podcast and talks about how he's freed himself up from the jazz. And <coughs> I'm telling you, it's not nothing. Yeah. It's not nothing. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Brett Stubbs, good morning to you. He says, where is Joe Ingles when we need him? Jazz should talk him into retiring. And as an assistant coach, he just hassles jazz players. Well, I think certainly we saw the value in Joe Ingles when he left the club. I don't think there was any doubt about the fact that the locker room got much worse mm -hmm. uh, once Joe was traded to Portland after he hurt his knee. Um, you know, and I think, I don't know, I, I just watching him in Milwaukee this year, I think Joe's got a lot left to offer. Yeah, I mean, I, the guy can still shoot at a very high level. And I think Joe is is contributing on a championship club. And I think he's in a great spot. And I don't think that it's it's fair to to be like, yeah, like they should, you know, Brett, with all due respect, like they're not going to go after Brett or they're not going to go after Joe. Be like, yeah, dude, you should retire and come here and you should be a you should be a, a hard ass in the locker room. That's that that's not who Joe Ingles is. That's not like yes. he's not. He, that's not how he speaks to other players like Joe is. Joe is a glue guy because he's friends with everybody and he can bring people together. He's not going to go up to, you know, Colin Sexton and be like, hey, like you got to do this. Like he's going to be like, hey, man, like you need to consider a couple different things. Like you need to understand that Will Hardy is it has a system and he wants you to play a certain way to maximize your success. Like it's just a different approach. Yeah. See, I, I, I'm worried about that because I don't I want to believe that Will Hardy has an, uh, his hands on the defense. I, I just don't see that. I don't. By the way, Brett also makes a good point. Jake not wearing black is throwing me off. Like, hey, look, look, man, I'm here for you. I'm here, Team Black. Mm -hmm. Then there's this guy yeah. who's wearing like a shirt with golf clubs on it. Yeah, it's a nice shirt. We have things to do after the show. Yeah. 
you have things to do after this show. Uh, Matt Webb says, uh, Jake's a new man, free of sin. Well, this is the show of sinners. You know, well, yeah. Duh, sinners. Duh. Duh. Uh, Oscar says, let the Wemby sweepstakes begin. Yeah, good luck with that. I'm not here for that, man. Well, I'm like, and, I just... And you don't need the sweepstakes. If they were, if and the best example I can give you of this is if they were all in on Victor Wambanyama, the number one assumed number one pick in the NBA draft, big tall kid, weighs like thirteen pounds total, like his body weight is thirteen pounds. But his name is John. Well, John weighs much more than thirteen pounds. I think John's left nut weighs thirteen pounds. I could be wrong. Uh, but you look at Victor Wambanyama, you know, he's 7'4", I think. You know, like, he's a project, but he's going to be the number one pick in the draft. I don't think there's any doubt about that. You have enough players and picks to make that trade today if you wanted to. You just wouldn't do much. You would just keep acquiring draft picks to put you in a better spot to make that trade. But what has Danny Ainge said and what has Danny Ainge done? We're not here for a full rebuild. Right. Danny Ainge is doing here what he did in Boston. You're going to rip apart the salary cap, get your financial house in order. You're going to trade off your older pieces and you are going to set your salary cap up so that you can quickly flip and rebuild into a championship contender in three years. That's what they did in Boston. That's exactly what I think he's doing now. And I think I think he's done a fine job to this point. We'll see. I, I don't know. Uh, football 50 coming up in seven minutes. Stick around for that. Marsing Outdoor. Good morning, Marsing. Uh, we are a 500 team. We're fine and exceeding this year's expectations. Pile of picks and a few solid guys for the future. Win-win. And the next two years will be fun. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Because didn't you have an expectation that this would be a 2030 win team? Yeah. Well, I think you did. And now when you look at the Utah Jazz, I think those expectations have changed based on what you have here in the roster. You're 27 and 28 now under 500, and there's no excuse for it. Yeah, that doesn't make it okay what happened last night. Like, I like, mean, it just doesn't. You're not, you're not working hard. You're not running back on defense. You're not playing transition defense. That, that, that's the story of last night. And you know what's really and, interesting? Like, I, Will Hardy's, like, path and 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 career as a coach would suggest that that defense would be like on the forefront I mean when you come through Boston's system and like you know you you obviously have a ton of time under Danny and like it's no secret like what those great Boston teams did I mean and again I know the league is different and I know that's a different game and we we don't like to compare errors on the show but but just when you look at Will Hardy's path and the guys he'd been around like those Boston teams were physical defensive teams and then they went on offense and did their thing and to me it's like I just I I don't know part of me a a, a big part of me like 80 percent of me is like yeah they just came out lazy last night there's no there's no other way around it I know that's not that's not you know comfortable to say and it sounds kind of bad but that's what happened you just didn't come out with that fire and that energy but another 20% of me is saying, hey, yeah, this is on Will Hardy, but this is also on on some of these players. And I appreciate that Lori said he had to be better after the game. I, I really do appreciate that. But that's where I say, hey, for everything Lori is, he's not a vocal leader. He's not someone that's going to like set the tone and say, hey, this isn't good enough. And so that's why I say, at the deadline, I might be trying to add a guy like that. I might be trying to look for, you know, 
they're they're trying to trade for for all these different names you've heard. Maybe within that, in a three team deal, you can pick up a vocal leader. Maybe you know you can you can find a way to get someone like that. Because that I'm telling you, the coach's voice only goes so far. That said, last night is still incredibly unacceptable on like a number of levels. Yeah, I I just think it's interesting when you look. I'm actually looking at a Danny Ainge's moves in in Boston. I mean, he was shrewd. I mean, you look at the trade, um, July 12, 2013, traded Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Jason Terry, and DJ White, a 2017 first-round pick that turned into Kyle Kuzma, and a 2017 second-round pick to Brooklyn for Keith Bogans, Marshawn Brooks, and Chris Humphreys, Chris Joseph, and Gerald Wallace. Like, he got a slew of picks in that deal, and Brooklyn went on to do absolutely nothing with those guys. And you wound up essentially rebuilding your organization. And then you traded a 2017 first-round pick that turned into Markel Fultz to Philadelphia for a 2017 first-round pick that turned into Jason Tatum. Like, this guy knows what he's doing. You look at the Doc Rivers trade. I don't know how many people remember they traded Doc Rivers to the Clippers for a 2017 first-round pick. Like, it's that kind of dealing that Danny Ainge has done that you're watching him do now. And I think when you look at the way that they went out and they got Ray Allen and they got Kevin Garnett and that's the attitude that this franchise is operating on. To do that, you have to have a, a you have to have a lot of draft assets. And hey, if you wind up, you know, in with they have three first round picks right now. Mm-hmm. And arguably the deepest class in the history of the NBA draft in the first round. Like he's in good shape. He is in good shape. Uh, RR wants to know, Jake, uh, dating LDS girls again? No. I don't remember ever dating LDS girls. Mm, you, well, I mean, no. No, I'm not, do, I'm, not do, I'm not playing this game with you where, you know. <laughs> I'm just telling you, Jake has dating issues. Uh, who is the girl here? Is there a girl here? Holy cow. Everybody relax. Relax. Uh, I don't know if there's a girl here. Amber's G-off. not here. Amber's not here this morning. Uh, our, the best TBEDK is not here. No, she's not here either. Uh, Jeff Johnson said, I thought Jake looked weird. What is up with everybody commenting on your it's look a today? Shirt. Like it's a well, shirt, bro. Uh, again, black quarter zip. This is the wardrobe. And then this Jamoke shows up in a golf shirt with golf clubs on it. Which is, you know, just kind of weird. Yeah. I don't understand what we're doing. I don't understand. I mean, I'm not too familiar with that. Yeah. Tanner Plummer says, uh, is more betters where the sinners go, Jake? Hell yeah, it is. I'll eat more betters every day, bro. Listen, if if Mo betters is for sinners, I'm going to hell. I'm telling you that right now. (gasps) You know. Uh, Let's see. Matthew Webb says they drafted Tatum, though. That's the difference. Yeah. Let's see. Can Danny draft a Jason Tatum this year? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Brett Stubbs says last night was embarrassing. I don't disagree with that. Uh, RRR says the shirt have has vibes. More comments yeah. on your stupid Nike I, golf shirt. I, 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 I this is my favorite polo shirt in my collection. It's my fa- I have probably ten polos. They're all different colors. You're gonna st- stand up and show the people. I mean, it's a, it's what's a, the fit look like yeah, today? Like it's you know, it's it's a, a gray polo shirt. You know, wow, that's um, yeah, that's. Can you zoom that thing out a little bit, or <laughs> you know. <laughs> Okay, that's the look. That's the fit today. White polo shirt and gray jeans. Got some J ones on. Got the Jordan one mids on. Yeah, 
So there you go. Grain white. I don't know what the issue is. Yeah, we all feel better now. They, you I now mean, know, know Jake Smith. Is that is that okay I mean, now? I can go and get a black vest that's hanging over here if that would make you guys feel better. I mean, I know I'm no fashionista, but you know. But you wear the thing I don't understand is you wear the North Face vest every day when you have a perfectly good Oakley vest as well. Mm-hmm. That I bought you, by the way. Yeah, I wear the Oakley vest sometimes. The North Face one is warmer. Okay. Uh, Tanner says it's not the shirt, Jake. It's just that we're so used to you wearing Jake Black. It's a little weird. That's what I'm saying. Well, uh, Raphael says Jake doing the runway with the new shirt. And that's the funny part. It's not even a new shirt. I've worn this shirt on the show before. Yeah. And it's gone unnoticed. <laughs> so it's like today, today, I, I don't know, man. I just, hey, I did just I went, have, did I put a polo on? No, I just have a long sleeve. You know, it's the, what do they call the jazz new brand pop culture or whatever the garbage oh, counterpoint. is? Counterpoint. Yeah. It's a counterpoint, all black. So you can't see the <laughs> counterpoint or the jazz low, it, but it, yeah, trust, that's stupid. Trust me, bro. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Jeff Johnson says business casual. Of yeah. course, it's yeah. It's you know, casual. like I'm working over here. You know, yeah. Jake's got to shoot after the show today, so that's fine. Uh, football fifty ten of the hour every hour on the Monty Show is presented by our good friends at Papa Murphy's. Papa Murphy's Pizza. Make sure you download the Papa Murphy's app. I'm telling you, if you download the app, use the promo code Monty twenty five. To get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more. And I would just like to say, the marinara meatball, Bomb. again, every day somebody sends me a picture that they took my word and ordered the marinara meatball. Yes. Again, last night was family home evening. If you didn't get the uh, Papa Murphy's hookup, I don't know what you're waiting for. You know. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So are we going to do the Kyler video? Or are we going to do Sean Payton going in on... Russell Wilson and Jake Heath. Let's do Sean Payton first. Let's do Sean Payton first. All right, so you know that Sean Payton essentially took over as the boss of the Denver Broncos. The boss. And he had his introductory, you know, press conference yesterday. He's in the building. So, of course, people wanted all the smoke. So they asked Sean Payton about allowing Jake Heaps, who's the personal quarterback coach, for Russell Wilson and was in the building every day last year practicing with Russell. How'd that work out, Russ? Not well. Uh, Sean, are you going to allow that? Right, how do you feel about um, players having their own people off the staff in the building access to players? Yeah, that's foreign to me. That That's not going to take place here. I mean, I, I'm, I'm unfamiliar with it, but our staff will be here. Our players will be here, and that'll be it. That'll be it. Our staff is here. Our players are here. That'll be it. What do you make of that whole thing? Yeah, I mean, I think that Nathaniel Hackett never would have said this. I think that Sean Payton is asserting his dictatorship over the organization. Wow. And I think, well, but I think that, that this is why you brought Sean Payton in, because Sean Payton's willing to be uncomfortable. It's going to be Sean Payton's way or no way. Yeah. And Russell Wilson just needs to get on board. And I think, you know, again, like, the reality is Jake Heaps in any personal quarterback coach is not going to make the difference that needs to be made here. You want to work on mechanics. You want to work on personal stuff. I get that. I understand. But this is a systematic, hey, as an offense, we were not good enough thing, which is not Jake Heaps' department. Yeah. It's Sean Payton's department. And that's why I say I'm cool with this. I'm okay with it. Yeah. I love that he did this because with all due respect to Jake Heaps, from what I understand, he's a great quarterback coach. Awesome. Yeah. But you you have no business being in the building 
what Russ was doing was trying to flex and, hey, I'm special. Well, here's the problem, Russ. You're not special. You were terrible last year. You did not execute. You did not play well. The Broncos counted on you, and you were trash. And so now doing it your way is no longer the way. You're going to do what Sean Payton says, or you're not going to be there. And I say, Sean, amen to that. Speaking of quarterbacks, we now know that Kyler Murray, as you know, tore his ACL. Kyler is a really important guy. They fired Cliff Kingsbury. Kyler's got this knee injury, and now we know, though, that Kyler is well ahead of schedule. I mean, this workout video is amazing. Kyler Murray, look at the work that Kyler Murray is doing. Wow, look at Dude, these look squats. At Kyler, excuse uh, Kyler Murray. Look at his face. Watch his face here. I mean, look at the flexibility in Kyler's yeah. knee. I mean, look at that, dude. I mean, the intensity on Kyler's look face. Look at that. Look at this video. It's Kyler. It's, it's Dude, he's going full ass to grass with it, bro. <laughs> it's Kyler Murray. Like, yeah, come on. It's Kyler. Look at it. Little guy. Verticality, buddy. It, it. Pick it up. He's where Kyler's working out. Like yeah. squatting. He's sister. He he's smart. He went and got a guy that's like three times as size could, to his He's system. spotting him. Yeah, like the spot. Him. And you're right, he's ass to grass with the Yeah. Look at the squatting technique. Look at his face, Kyler. Let's go. Let's go. New head coach on Monday. Let's go. Kyler Murray. What, we... what do the people think? <laughs> Matthew Webb just says, bro. <laughs> Come on, that's funny. That is funny. Uh, Jeff Johnson says he looks bigger than ever. <laughs> you guys, it's, it's it's Kyler Murray. I, you know, Ryan P says he's mean mugging it. Yeah. Jeff also says, oh no, haha. Do you really think yeah. we had a video of Kyler Murray working out? <laughs> Are you kidding me? No. Kyler Murray or Cliff Kingsbury, bigger problem for Arizona go? Uh, I think Kyler was a bigger problem, but I don't think that Cliff is some great coach either. I think it says a lot that Cliff Kingsbury went to, where did he go? Maldives or whatever it was. The Maldives. You know, like. Maldives? It's the Maldives, you jerk. It's the, it's the, you guys. You, you got, okay. God. 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 Are you there, God? It's, what would I do without you? You know. Oh, if, please. Let's hear he your prayer the, for the day. He went to the Maldives, Islands. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Mal. Have you no culture whatsoever? I'm unfamiliar with it. Were you raised with goats and I'm chickens? I'm not too familiar with that. Are you serious? I don't know. You're the one who raised me. I don't know. Was I? <laughs> I know. Uh, Q Sam says, Warner Pop MVP there. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Uh, Boyd Lake says, effing calm down. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my God. Dude. Uh, I think Cliff Kingsbury was the wrong guy to fire. I think Kyler Murray's the bigger problem. Mm -hmm. I just don't think that you could, could cut him or trade him because he's got this torn ACL now. And I think you are going to hire somebody who has no business being a head coach. And we'll get into it when they do it, you know. It's, it, you know. Uh, let's see. Matthew Webb says we're going to Thailand. <laughs> Get it? Because 
We're we're Pick it up. Walk back. There. We're going to Thailand. It's Thailand. With the good look at look at Kyler Murray. I mean, working re really hard. And just look at the intensity in his face. Dude, I love this video. The second Jake showed this to me, and he even tried to play it. He's like, dude, I have this Kyler Murray workout video. You got to see it, bro. Look at this video. And it's this, li <laughs> it's this little kid squatting. And it's like, dude, come on. Come on. Uh, hey, real quick. Uh, one other story here on Football 50 presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. 50 million people are expected to bet $16 billion on the Super Bowl. Teddy? 50 million people expected to bet $16 billion. Jake, you putting any bread on nah. the game? Nope. You're not nope. putting nothing? None. Are we even going to... Because we're going to be in Tahoe for the game. Yeah, we're... we're Okay, so... I'm not putting money on this game, and we're going to have a throwdown about the Pro Bowl here in like 10 minutes. Yeah. And 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 I'm just here to tell you guys, I'm not putting money on, on the league. I'm not doing it. I'm not. I don't take positions. We don't gamble in this state, but I'm not in Nevada, Nevada. We will actually be, a, we will be at the Hard Rock in Tahoe for the Super Bowl. You're not even going to put five no, bucks no. on nope. like who scores the first points. Nope. You won't even bet nope. like a a prop bet parlay. Nope. No, no, no. Not about it. I don't like gambling, dude. Okay. Personally, I love talking about lines and stuff, though. I'm all about it. I am all about it. I am. I'm telling you, like, I freaking 50 million people are going to bet on the Super Bowl. Yeah. For 16. Is that, that seems like that's a, a little bit of people betting a lot of money. That seems like a ton of money that's going to be bet. Yes. I, I, that's crazy. Uh, Ricardo Ramzadi Ramazadi says yes, millions. Hey, bro, did you know that it? Uh, you know, it's National Fettuccine Day. Are you saying that his first name is Ricotto Cheese? Yes. Okay. Uh, let's see. Nevada sounds like Ginsanga. Sounds like Tommy Ginsaga. <laughs> Gonzaga. No, we're not doing the Gonzaga. 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 Calm down. We're not doing Gonzaga. We are Gonzaga. Doing, we are doing Papa Murphy's Pizza. Make sure you use the promo code Mati25 to get 25% off your Heart Baker Pizza. When you get a Heart Baker Pizza from Papa Murphy's, it's like you're our Valentine. Because we're giving you our heart, our fresh pepperoni and cheese-covered heart to take and bake however and whenever you'd like. But then you give our heart away? So does that make us your Valentine? Wow, love is hard. Thank goodness we're pizza. So whether you need a Valentine or need to be one, get what you need this Valentine's Day with a Heart Baker Pizza from Papa Murphy's. Yep, make sure you use the promo code MONTY25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more at Papa Murphy's Pizza. I would tell you again, download the Papa Murphy's mobile app. It's super easy. You can order your pizza right now today. But Monty, I don't want to pick it up until like 5 o'clock tonight. That's great. Order it now. Put the pickup time as 5 o'clock. It'll be sitting on the to-go rack waiting for you. Your pizza, traditional crust barbecue sauce. That's your starting point. Then pile all your ingredients on top. 
Then you're going to order the marinara meatballs. Then you're going to order the take and bake chocolate chip cookies. I mean, you're going to be dad of the year. Mm -hmm. You're going to be husband of the year. Yes. I'm telling you, it's amazing. And you can use our promo code MATI25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Um, let's see. Louis Capazzo says uh, heart-shaped pepperoni smothered in ranch. Yeah, I look forward to eating on this trip. What do you mean? <laughs> Just to eat like, I don't know. We usually find good food when we go on trips. We do. We do. I would agree with that. So are you a ranch on pizza guy? Yeah. You are? Oh, I am. Okay, I'm, well, I, so technique though, I dip it. I don't pour the ranch on the pizza. I dip the pizza in the ranch, which is a different technique. The pouring okay. on the pizza is a little messy. Okay. Okay. Well, you're not staining it with ranch. Right. You know, uh, Geoff says, I'm just getting back from the gym and Kyler has got me feeling inadequate. Well, well, Jeff, I mean, baseball season's almost here. Let's go warm that arm yeah. up. Yeah. You know, let's, let's get the, uh, let's get the throwing. Do you even down. lift? You know, uh, let's see. Eric and Raleigh says, eat a heart shaped pizza smothered in ranch in advance of your heart attack. There you go. You got to get that, you know. How's your vitamin one? taking going? By the way, we've talked about this on the show. If you're new to the show, Jake never takes vitamins, even though he has an entire collection. <clears throat> he's got the CoQ10. He's got like the plant sterols, all that good stuff. How's so your you can go to Pound Town. How, yeah, how's, your, how's your vitamin going? It's going okay. Going? I'm working out. There's a lot. There's a lot I'm trying to add, man. Freaking cold showers and vitamins and carnitine and you know, like... You know. See, it's all in the it's all in the routine for me. Yeah, cold shower, know. vitamins, carnitine, car, work, bed, cold shower, car. You know, mm -hmm. you know, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Tanner Plummer says, "Is Greg Hawkins a ranch on pizza guy?" He's not. No, he certainly is not. But he is uh, a big fan of the Advocates, uh, or so I'm going to lie and say he is. Theadvocates.com, the best entry attorneys in the business. No matter where you're watching the show today, make sure you get to theadvocates.com. There is a box on their website where you can chat live online with an attorney. And listen, the thing that I love about the advocates is that they they have empathy. They understand that when you get in an accident, it's one of the worst days of your life. And you need somebody who can walk you through the process because relying on your insurance company is not the right way to go about this. I, I can only say it so many times, folks. Your insur insurance company employs thousands of attorneys, thousands of them. Shouldn't you have an attorney for yourself? I'm telling you, it's, it's mandatory because your insurance company is not trying to give you all the money that you deserve. No, no, friends. They take your money on a monthly basis and insurance is important, absolutely. But when you get in an accident, they're trying to pay you as little as possible and they're trying to pay their shareholders as much as possible. That's why the advocates are the best in the business. They fight insurance companies every single day. It's what they do. Let them do it for you so you can get back to focusing on going back to work. You can get back to focusing on your health. God forbid you're in an accident that also gets you injured. Hey man, you got to focus. You got to get healthy. The advocates are even going to help you defer your medical bills. That's why they don't ask you to pay them ahead of time. There are no retainers. There are no consultation fees. You don't pay the advocates until they win your case. Chat with an attorney live online right now at the advocates. Dot com. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. Um, this story with LeBron James is a big deal. You know that LeBron is just 36 points away from breaking the all-time career scoring record in the NBA that is currently held by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, another Laker legend. 
And it is Lakers and Thunder tonight on TNT, 8 o'clock. Jake, does it go down tonight? Yeah, it happens tonight. I think that he, that it, because it's OKC, like I don't think they're going to have a lot of ways to stop LeBron. And, and I hope LeBron is selfish tonight, truly. I hope that he is somebody who prioritizes himself tonight and, and really works to cross the line because I think it would be you know, a, 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 a very fitting moment in his career. And, and I still maintain the Lakers need a positive here. Like, at when, when's the last time the Lakers had something positive happen to the organization? Like, if you really think about it, they haven't really had a positive since the title, since they won a championship in the bubble. And it's been a, it's been a couple seasons now. So to me, I look at this and I say, that's part of the reason Braun's pushing hard. I think Braun wants to get this done and off of his plate so he can stop worrying about it. Because I don't believe for a second that Braun doesn't think about the scoring champion or the or the uh, this all time record, you know, and crossing it and being that guy and adding it to his resume. I don't buy for a second you're not thinking about that. So to me, I just this is this is just like Jeter in 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 three thousand hits and then hitting a home run across the line. This is you know any sort of other record that somebody would would cross like. These guys think about it. It's their whole life. So to me, I'm looking at Braun and I'm saying, yeah, it's OKC. It's at crypto. Like, go and get the job done. It's 36 points. Like, he's he's more than capable of going and getting 40. And just to put that into perspective, and I, and I love looking at games this way for individual greats, it's 10 points a quarter. That's all you need to average to be on pace. And, and if you think about that, like, LeBron James... It's going to take probably, what, eight or nine shots a quarter at least? So all he's got to do is make four or five of those, depending on if it's a two or a three, obviously, and he's good. That's why this should get done tonight. It's not a lot to go and get this done. So to me, yes, I think he crosses this line. He gets it off his plate, and I would expect a a routing of OKC tonight. Yeah, I think he gets it done tonight. I, I agree 100%. I also think... LeBron James doesn't get the respect he deserves. And listen, I understand that LeBron's a guy that, you know what, he's controversial. I, I, don't, I don't disagree with that at all. But the thing that I think I would certainly say here is LeBron has earned your respect. And all the excuses you can come up with, I just think are ridiculous. He's the most clutch player in clutch time uh, in the history of the NBA. I think he is the most dominant player of... I think certainly the post-Kobe NBA, I think he's the best player in the NBA right now. I mean, there's nothing that this guy hasn't done. And a lot of people will tell you, hey, it's just because he's played so long that he's going to break this record. Well, that might be true that he's played so long, but he's got one of the top per-game scoring averages in the history of the NBA. I don't care how long you play. If you're not a good player playing at a high level, that number is going to go down. His has not. And again, I mentioned the clutch stuff. I mentioned the ability to carry teams. Like, you don't have to like LeBron's politics. You don't have to like LeBron's moving around teams. But you do have to respect what he's done as a player because he's earned that respect. And one of the things I was really disappointed in yesterday, ESPN had, you know, you know, Mad Dog Russo on there talking about how, you know, LeBron is is just a a, a stat getter. And a, um, well, yeah. He fills up a stat sheet, and he has for his entire career. And I don't think that that should be a knock on the guy or that he is not one of the, you know, Russo said he's not one of the great all-time scorers. And it's like, how do you look at what LeBron has done and what LeBron is doing and not have respect for him and not show him the respect 
that he has earned. Longevity is absolutely a skill in today's world of professional sports. Why are we knocking LeBron James for showing that, hey, I'm going to put resources, tens of millions of dollars into my body. I am going to make sure I'm available to my team. I'm going to make sure I'm available to my league. I'm going to be the best player in my league in my late 30s, which is unheard of in the NBA. Why are we knocking LeBron for that? I don't get that. And we love hating in sports. I get it. And I understand that. But this guy deserves your respect because he's earned it. And I'm tired of the the effort that goes into ripping LeBron James, the basketball player. And it, it kills me. Even like his statements about Bronny Jr., his son, having the ability to pick any college he wants to go to. Why are you hating on something that is fact? Is it because you're jealous? Is it because you're bitter? Bronny James, LeBron James' oldest son, can literally sign a letter of intent to go to any college he wants to mm-hmm. because he's a phenomenal basketball player. Thanks. Why, why are you hating on that? I can only think it's resentment and jealousy. I can only think that if LeBron was on your team, you'd love the guy. But since he's not on your team and he changed teams and won championships, then went back to his hometown and won a championship, then went to the Los Angeles Lakers and won a championship, I don't love that he hops around, but you know what? I do love watching him play. And I am so appreciative that we got to go to crypto this year at Christmas time and watch him play because it was something spectacular. I, I love the guy and I give him all the credit in the world for breaking this record. Yeah. And I think that, you know, he's, it, it's easy to hate on greatness. You know, it's easy to, to not appreciate it. It's easy to take that stance of like, oh, well, you know, like, and, and I don't necessarily disagree with the concept. Like I hear all the time, well, he's been to, you know, so many finals, you know, he's played so many finals series and he's only won a few of them. His win percentage in the finals isn't good. And, and while that might be true, it's also true that he's bounced around and he's been the reason that his teams have won championships when they have. And yep. so I think it's like, it's one of those things where you're just going to choose which, which stance or viewpoint you want to have on it. And that's what you're going to go to. But, but I'm with you on this. I think that, you know, you can't like you can hate on Braun if you want to, but the reality is, is he's one of the greatest of all time. And and I'm telling you guys, if you're someone that's hating on LeBron, like again, I'm a Kobe guy, I'm a Jordan guy, but I respect what LeBron's done. And frankly, I'm it's starting. If it hasn't already dawned on you, it, obviously it's dawned on me that we're starting to lose some of these guys. We're starting to lose the LeBron Jameses and the Steph Curry's and the KDs and. You know these great players that that we that my generation specifically grew up with watching, like LeBron is the Michael Jordan of my generation. You need to understand yeah, that. He is. Like, yeah, he is. the millennial generation that's in their prime earning years and the in the prime ticket buyer right now. LeBron is the goat to that generation. By the way, the highest price ticket at Crypto.com Arena tonight seventy five thousand dollars. Are you willing? Because I'm not. Are you willing to pay 75 gur? Even if money wasn't an issue, I don't think I could pay $180,000 with fees for two seats to see LeBron James break the all time career mark. I could, I mean, I I couldn't do it. Maybe I should want to do it. I love the NBA, I love going to games. I. Well, I think I just can't see paying that much cash, dude. Yeah, and I think if you're, I, I think the tough thing is like 
somebody who's able to afford that doesn't view $75,000 as $75,000. They view it as $5. And that's kind of the kind of the difference and why the league yeah. can get that kind of bread in Los Angeles. I mean, if you've never been to crypto, it's definitely one of those places that is a just a, you know, a, a, a schoolyard of celebrities. It is. And these are all people who have a ton of money. And that's great. Like, that's Los Angeles. That's part of what makes the experience awesome. But then that's also part of what $75,000 for, I'm assuming, and I don't know, is it a floor seat or whatever seat it was? Fourth side. Yeah. I mean, that's that's... That's part of it. 75 Gur. Yeah, like you think about, like when we went to the game, Floyd Mayweather Ooh. was there. You know, that kind of guy is there. And it's like, yeah, dude can afford that. That's not that's not a problem for him. So that's why I say that side mm -mm -mm. of it, I, I get it. Now, I wouldn't probably pay that. I, I would much more rather be paying for, you know, a great experience at home. I, like I could totally see if you're, think about it. If you're a diehard Laker fan and you got family and you could turn the, you could turn LeBron breaking the record into a whole thing if you wanted to, just like we do at the Super Bowl or other events. So it is a big deal. And I just hope that you guys respect what this guy's done. I think, yeah. I don't know how you don't respect his game. Um, Adam Monks on Twitter says that he does not respect LeBron, he is a joke. I'm not going to kiss his ass. Let's see him drive heavy equipment, drive a truck. Then he might get respect. That goes for a lot of NBA players, not just LeBron. Like, okay, what does him man. driving heavy equipment or driving a truck have to do with anything? Because I think I, I, for what, for whoever this guy is, the Twitter guy, like when people say stuff like that, all that means is you're you you resent LeBron James and as he said other athletes because they are more fortunate than you that's the reality and, and that's okay. <laughs> that feels about right yeah I, I, I get it like you're you're upset that LeBron is a billionaire off of playing basketball that's the core of it but obviously he's got a bunch of other business interests and all that good stuff and only go into that but but essentially LeBron's made his wealth through a child's game and you resent him for that. And I understand that. But I don't resent him for that. I appreciate LeBron for that. Because all the time that you spend resenting LeBron and athletes like that, you don't thank them for the moments they give you when you're driving that truck that got you through those tough times. When you were, you know, your body hurts and it's cold out and you don't want to be driving the truck. And, hey, by the way, I'm listening to LeBron on Sirius XM in my big rig. And, oh, my God, he just broke the record, and I listened to the call, and it was great. Yeah. We don't thank athletes for that stuff, but we're happy to say LeBron's a failure and not good enough. I just think sometimes we look at other people's success and view it as a failure for ourselves, and I just I don't think we that's the way you should look at it. He is a great player. I don't love his politics. I don't love his social platforms. I don't love a lot of things that he says and does. Yeah. I appreciate his game, and we just talked about this with Tom Brady a couple of weeks ago. If you're not appreciating LeBron James, the player, you're missing out. Mm -hmm. And having seen Magic, Bird, Kobe, obviously Michael Jordan, LeBron James, I understand his greatness. I will die on the hill of LeBron is still the best player in the NBA right now. Mm -hmm. I, I will take him over Luka Doncic. I can't say Kevin Durant because Kevin Durant's been injured for the last five years. I look at LeBron, his ability to play games in volume, his ability to stay above the rim, his ability to play good defense, his ability to turn himself into, doesn't he have like the fourth most assists ever now? Like his ability to turn himself into a really good teammate that makes his other teammates better. 
I, I just don't know how you can hate on his game. I actually think his basketball game is is undefeated. Yeah. Undefeated. Uh, TBE at DK's, good morning, my friend, says, I'm not a huge fan of LeBron either, but I respect him. Um, I, I Absolutely. Right? Um, Ricotta, are you on even on the right chat? Yeah, I, I don't know uh, if Ricotta Ram, Ramazadi is. Uh, I, I don't know. He's talking about managing other people's stolen information. Bro, different show, my guy. Roger Sales, who's a member of the program, says, LeBron's a great player, but I don't like him as a human. His FU Cleveland one-hour ESPN special really turned me off. So it is the decision. I remember where I was watching. I was at Sporting News Radio. I was doing a a live national show at the time on the radio. Mm Mm-hmm. Are, do we? I mean, clearly Roger does, but I, I think a lot of people still hold that against LeBron. But here's my question, and I agree. But here's my question, mm-hmm. Roger: How do you? First of all, it wasn't an FU Cleveland ESPN special. Oh, it kind of felt like well, it was. Well, but then it stopped feeling that way when he came back and brought you a championship, right? So let's not let's not yeah. say like I'm not I'm not I'm not giving this a free pass. If he had never come back to Cleveland and never made it right. Okay, yes. The decision was FU Cleveland. He mm-hmm. left on you. He he went to Miami to Wade County and did his thing. Okay. Wade County. But the reality is LeBron came back and brought you everything and then some that you could have ever wanted from the guy. Yeah. So I'm not going to give – I love you, Roger, but I'm not giving you a pass on this one, dude. It wasn't an FU Cleveland, and this is what we do to LeBron. Again, I don't like the guy's politics. I've said that a million times. Don't love the guy's politics. Don't love the BLM stuff and all that good stuff. I don't, I don't love it. But to say that the decision was an FU Cleveland lacks total perspective. It had nothing to do with Cleveland. It had everything to do with winning championships in Miami. That's Okay, I, I agree with that. But it was an FU Cleveland. I mean, there's no way that it's not an FU Cleveland. I, I, in my opinion. I mean, you're supposedly Akron's own. St. Vincent, St. Mary's, FU Cleveland, going to Miami, Wade County, Florida, bitches. That's what it felt like, right? And then not one, not two, not... It felt like an FU Cleveland. So let me get this right. Let me get this right. He spent four seasons in Miami and 12 seasons in Cleveland, and it's an FU Cleveland. Yes, when you're a hometown guy and you're up for a contract... And you walk away from Cleveland to go win a championship somewhere else with your buddies, that's an FU Cleveland. That tells me you're not a Cleveland guy, you're an Akron guy, which means you should be a Cleveland guy, but you're not. That's what that tells me. That's Carl Malone walking away from the Jazz to go win a championship with the Lakers that thankfully he did. Yeah, but win. here's the difference. Everyone believed that LeBron was gonna win a championship. Nobody believed Carl was gonna win yeah, a championship. Yeah, I, I think, in my that opinion, I don't know that that even matters at all. I think that. I think that LeBron's a guy, and again, this is just my opinion, I think LeBron's a guy that has to do it better. I think LeBron, when you are the when you are the heir apparent to Michael Jordan, which whether you want him to be or not, he was, mm-hmm. when you're the best player in the world and you were on, when you were in the womb and your photo was on Sports Illustrated as the chosen one, mm-hmm. you have to do it better. And, and I agree in, the, in this conversation I think it's awfully difficult to say that he didn't disrespect Cleveland with the decision. I think it's awfully difficult to make that argument. Now, I'm not saying you're wrong. I just disagree with you. I think it's one of those things where it it helps he came back. 
and won a championship with the Cavs. But the Cavs disintegrated after that until right now today. But isn't that the point? Isn't that the point? Everyone's saying, hey, the decision was FU Cleveland. In the moment, all the way up until he said, yep, I'm coming back to Cleveland, that was FU Cleveland. But he won a championship. He brought you what he... The, okay, the, why were you upset that he went to Miami? Well, you were upset he went to Miami because he's LeBron James and him leaving means you're not going to win anything. That's essentially what you, that meant. You, I think, I wasn't upset at all. I, I, well, I encourage, fan, right, I understand. Yeah. But I encourage people to go and do what they feel like is the right thing to do. And again, I tell everybody who loses a free agent, Gordon Hayward here in Utah, whoever you want to point to, go do you, man. Go do you. Go do what you think is best for you and your family. People are upset with LeBron because he basically said, yeah, it's not going to happen here. I'm going somewhere where I think it will happen. That's what they're upset about. And the idea that you had to go somewhere else to learn how to win, yeah, I don't love that either. And then you did it again by going to the Lakers and winning another championship. Like I, I, I think it's awfully hard to combat that argument. I, I do. But... You know, is LeBron the best player in the NBA right now? I think if he's not, it's awfully close. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. He's a complete player. Who else is in the conversation? Giannis, Kevin Durant, Luka. But Kevin doesn't play. Kevin is so often injured anymore. I don't don't even know who you would put there. Like, I guess Luka, but I think Luka's a one-dimensional player. He doesn't play defense. Mm -hmm. he's, He's a rollover on defense. I mean, he's clearly... Well, Luka uh, hasn't won anything. He's one of the most gifted offensive players in the NBA. There's no doubt about that. But there's a reason they had to go and get Kyrie, mm-hmm. right? I mean, he just he, he's not able to do it on his own. I think LeBron at this stage of his clear, career probably is not able to do it on his own as well. But I also think there's something to be said for making players better. And that he's putting up double-doubles and triple-doubles and he's still a rebounding force and he's shooting threes. And he's still dunking on dudes, and he's still running the break. Like I think LeBron is still the total package. Yeah, and there's not a whole lot of other players that would take over him. Yeah, I, not, agree. I, I, I agree. You know, yep. I could be wrong. Uh, Kane Nuren says he's a great player, but not a good person. Wow. Um, I don't know that I'm willing to say LeBron's a bad person. I think that's that feels like a step too far, in my opinion. Ryan P says, ask Dame how his loyalty to Portland has paid off. Well. That's a great point. Um, org loyalty is silly if they don't make moves to win chips. I mean, there's a lot in that. That's yeah. That's not a bad point. That is not a bad point at all. And and I think that's the hard part about Carl. Carl Malone. He didn't have to go to the Lakers. He should have won it in. He should have won it in Utah. And I know everybody wants to say, "Well, you got ran into the buzz saw Michael Jordan." Carl Malone had the game in his hands, quite literally. The ball was in his hands. And Michael Jordan stripped him. <coughs> you got beat by a better player. Bottom line. Carl Malone wasn't good enough to carry you to a championship, in my opinion. You know, like it, it is, I, I think it's that simple. What's up? The mayor of Monty Town is here. Good morning, casuals. Whoa, Jake is in a white polo. Nice. <laughs> Again with the white polo today. Maybe I'll wear magenta tomorrow. Maybe, maybe that will that will magenta the 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 crowd magenta don't do it can i johnson says damn homeboy should have uh practice more probably 
Uh, look up all the stats you want to. You also have to put context, team construction, and league help into account. Yes, LeBron has been uh, catered to on the court more than anyone. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, Tyler. Tyler, Tyler, Tyler. Tyler, Tyler, Tyler. Uh, Capazzo says, Jake, it's not resentment. The rich players are out of touch of reality. Those players need to come back to our reality, not their alter universe. Well, but what reality would you have if, if you were a billionaire? Why are we not saying this about Elon Musk? Why are we not? I mean, you, you quite literally live in a different universe. When I mean, think about it. In the literal, and I, I, I don't throw the word literally around all the time, but think about their lives in the literal. LeBron James wants for nothing. He does not ever consider how much money's in his bank account. The guy can have anything he wants, anywhere he wants. <laughs> Woo, excuse me. Anytime he wants, anywhere he wants. Like how he wants it. You want to go to the Bahamas? Let's get on a jet and fly to the Bahamas. Oh, he's earned that. Yes, he has. But my point is, that's not the reality that we have. Because we're not billionaires. We're not Kobe who retires and never has to worry about another penny and flies around in a helicopter and has a Hollywood production and wins an Oscar. That I, Who lives that life? Yeah. I don't live that life. You don't live that life. But I don't resent LeBron for living that life. I, I don't. I'm quite happy with my little life. I don't believe that we should resent people. We Sometimes in this country, and I think this is a, a different topic, I get it, but Sometimes in this country, I think we shame people for being rich and, and prospering. And we got to stop doing that. Mm -hmm. We got to stop doing that. LeBron came from nothing, man. LeBron and Gloria James, they came from nothing. And he has built a life, a legacy. Like he, We should be lauding him, celebrating LeBron for that. Yeah, But we'll never do that. We'll never do that. I... I I just think the guy has built something so special as we get ready for LeBron James to break the all-time scoring record. I think he does it tonight. Mm -hmm. I think he does it tonight. He's 36 points away. Lakers are seven points. Uh, favorites over uh, OKC tonight at uh, Crypto.com. It's on TNT at 8 o'clock. LeBron needs 36 points to break the record. Yeah. And after what we saw from OKC last night defensively, I got to believe he does that. Yeah. Yep. You I know. agree. But I don't think we should be resenting LeBron I, 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 or any, anybody else. If you want to be rich like LeBron, go learn to play basketball, man. But like, you notice nobody's saying he sucks at basketball. You notice no. nobody's saying that, oh, well, you know, he's not an all-time great. We, we all know he's an all-time great. But, but what we do is whether you're a blue-collar guy, whether you're, a, you know, a, a, a white-collar guy, whatever. Whatever your given profession is, you're resenting LeBron because... He has the story we all want to have. That's the reality of the situation. This is somebody who came up in Akron, you know, and yeah, he has God-given ability and gifted athlete. Like he's got everything he needs to get it done, and he went and got it done. If I had, if I was 6'9", 250 in my prime, yeah, I'd probably be playing basketball too. And yeah, I'd probably be dominating people too. Like it just is what it is, and that's why I say like, Let's stop hating on LeBron and let's find out what our basketball is. Yeah. That's the reality. Uh, Pudge NYC says Malone was soft. Yeah. Carl Malone was just... See, like, this is... I feel like this is a conversation we should be having about Carl Malone. Like, 
If there's a guy you should hate or call a bad person, that's Carl Malone. You look at his life off the floor, that's Carl Malone. You look at his, you know, his relationship with Larry H. Miller, that's Carl Malone. Like, that's a guy that yet will go down as one of the greatest basketball player ever, and everybody loves Carl Malone, but everybody hates LeBron James. Mm-hmm. That it, it, it's your sense and it's your reality that determines how you feel. Yeah, that's what's great about sports. We all get to exchange ideas. You know, like I, I just, yeah, I don't know. That's me. Mrs. Monty is watching the show. She says, uh, "Ricato is a bot." Well, YouTube banned Ricato or put him in timeout for something he said. So we won't, we shouldn't see Ricato for a while. Uh, Tyler P says, "Stop! It's not resentment. I used to love LeBron and always defended him, but I can't stand how him now, and it has nothing to do with how rich he is." Okay, well, what is it? Yeah, what's it have to do with? What is it? Kanai uh, says, "I want to see LeBron hit the sky hook to break the record. That would be amazing. That would be amazing." Um, Jeff Johnson says, "Jake is definitely a white collar guy. Just look at him." I'm just not here a white for hating on dudes that win. Like, the yeah. guy wins. And, yeah, I don't love the fact that his NBA Finals win percentage is like 30% or whatever. But there's no denying the fact that the guy's been to 10 NBA Finals or whatever the number is now. I'd have to look. But it's it's just a ridiculous, it's a ridiculous number. And, by the way, you know, LeBron's greatness is what makes Dirk's championship against the Miami Heat LeBron James team so great. Yeah. Like, we need to appreciate that, too. Yeah, I just... My issues with LeBron on the bad side are I don't like his politics. I don't like that he doesn't lead. He doesn't use his platform. He doesn't use his status in society to be a leader. You know, you can't be at the back of the the line, man. And LeBron is constantly... Standing at the back of lines. He's constantly at the back of marches. Like Mm -hmm. during the BLM times, during the COVID times, during everything that's gone on in this country, um, you know, he's he he likes to take shots on social, but then you don't see him in person doing things. Yeah. That's what I don't like. Yeah. That's his whole my whole thing. John Edmund Lagman. Edmund Lag okay, J E L. His attitude of LeBron, that's why fans hate him. He's a great player, but a bad leader always walks out. He's not a bad leader on the floor. He's not. Yeah. He is not. Uh, Joe Oliver says, what are the what are your guys' thoughts on Cam Thomas? Well, I've espoused the greatness of Cam Thomas for some time, and now I think we're seeing it without Kyrie and KD. He put up 47 more last night. Now they lost, but listen to him after the game. Not yeah. saying, oh, I'm amazing. I'm a, Says all the right things, does all the right things. Yep. And I know that they want Fred Van Vliet and OG Ananobi in Brooklyn, but, and I know, I, like, we've heard how hard they're chasing Fred Van Vliet. Don't diminish Cam Thomas, because that dude is exactly what you need. Yes. That dude is exactly what you need. Uh, Roger Sale says, no, Jake, I have resentment of LeBron for how he treats others and how he handles his celebrity. I love his basketball. No, well, I'd be curious to see what, you know, what examples you, like, make you say that you know what i mean like i i if you want to point to like the blm stuff or you know the shop certainly he's had some controversial moments like you know i, I i'd be curious to see what examples you have that that kind of made you feel that way yeah i i just lebron needs to be he needs to be more involved or he needs to stop talking about political so- social issues yeah cuz i just yeah i just i think if you're a guy that's got the platform that LeBron has. And and I go back to what we've said for years on the show. He's got more pull 
and more influence with Americans than any politician has ever had. Just because of his reach, just because of his status. He's a phenomenal basketball player. That comes with a lot of influence. But with a lot of influence comes a lot of responsibility, and I just don't believe that LeBron embraces that. But I think what's interesting in our country, too, is like, we're all sitting here having a conversation about LeBron, how about how we have resentment towards LeBron because he hasn't done the off the court stuff the right way, and you know we want him to be at the front of the crowd. But then when Megan Rapinoe's at the front of the crowd, or when Colin Kaepernick's at the front of the crowd, they're black and they're a woman, so it's not good enough. And that's that's what I have a problem with. You know, like it's it. So we're gonna criticize LeBron for not doing enough, but then the people who do do enough are not good enough because they're not LeBron. Yeah, that's yeah. the problem. Uh, Jeremy Bolton, who's a member of the program, says one thing I respect people look caring for uh, is he's always talked to the media after games. Never was too good for that. Um, but he plays for the Lakers, and as a Jazz fan, my code says to hate him. Okay, I can get down with that. That's I fine. I can get down with That's that. That's fine. And he does. He does. He talks to the media. He does not run from the media, which I I think there's. That's admirable. I really do. Uh, Fat Jesus, good morning, my friend, who's a member of the program. He says, this is America. We love to tear you down when you're successful, and then we love to build you back up. Look at Tiger. You're not, not wrong. wrong, dude. You're not wrong. Tanner says, I have a hard time respecting Stockton because of his vaccine beliefs. Okay. Something in That's that. That's fair. Boyd Lake says, Stockton deserves to have his own beliefs about vaccines. He does. That he absolutely mean he's does. Getting, that doesn't mean that people got to love him though. But right? he like, is, he is kind of become an odd duck. Like he is, it's not, I don't care if you're Cole Beasley and you want to be act anti-vaccine while well, the bills have the right to ostracize you. Too. Fucking Cole Beasley. Right? Like, I mean, you can be Cole Beasley, man, but John Stockton feels like he, he is a little out in left field these days. You guys notice that Stockton and Malone aren't around for the all-star stuff. You notice that? Like you notice how, how, but Travis Scott is and Darren Williams is. How is that possible? It's Be possible because Ryan Smith is the owner and he's he's a younger guy. And look how old he is. Exactly right. Yeah. You're exactly right. Yeah. And I think Darren was his guy. And I, it's amazing. I think that Stockton and Malone are not around, and maybe they will be. I don't know. I think they're both very controversial. I think if you roll out John Stockton the crowd is going to applaud. Yeah. If you roll out Carl Malone, the crowd is going to applaud. And both of them have these interesting dynamics. Now, agree or disagree with stock on vaccines, whatever. They have these interesting dynamics now where I don't think it's a secret anymore that Carl Malone's a terrible human being. No. He had, an, at the end of Larry's life, he had a terrible relationship with LHM, right? Like, it just is, it's all this stuff that people want to block out because, you know, Stockton and Malone. Venom and vitriol. Hammer dunk in your face, mama. Like, that's what you, like, you just, and you can't, I don't think you can do that anymore. I really don't think you can do that. Uh, Mike Maples, LeBron is top five all time. He's never been in trouble with the law, so hard to say he's a bad person. Says a lot of dumb things and then can't own when he's wrong. I agree with that. I agree with that. Kay Nuring, good morning, Kay. My favorite player was Magic Johnson. He enjoyed playing the game and had tremendous issues off the court. Yeah. Tremendous issues off the court. I think the HIV thing forever changed the course of the NBA. And I think having Magic play in that all-star game forever changed the course of HIV in the black community. I think 
the things that Magic has done to give back to the community have been nothing short of phenomenal. The black businesses he's built, the, the businesses he's built in the inner cities. Mm-hmm. I mean, Magic is a very, very interesting example in this conversation. Very interesting in this conversation. Uh, Giggity, good morning, says the problem is also the shut up and dribble crowd. Well, yep, yep. You're not wrong, dude. You are. You know what's funny? We did a short on CNN on the channel yesterday about what's wrong with Don Lemon and CNN. And, you know, coming up here in 20 minutes, we're going to talk about your love or hate with ESPN. And CNN and Fox and MSNBC are absolutely part of this conversation because I think ESPN has played such a critical role in the fortunes of LeBron James. And the... You know, early in his career, I think ESPN had exponentially more influence than it has now. Especially the TV network had so much more reach. But think about what the NBA on ESPN and more specifically the NBA on ABC has meant to LeBron's career. Yeah. I mean, if it's just the game of the week on NBC or CBS like it was back in the 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 Larry Magic days, LeBron James isn't the titan of of billions that he is now. He is not. And yeah. I, I think you have to I think you have to really consider that. Uh Ryan P says Stockton can have bad opinions about vaccines. I can call him a nut job uh for this bad opinion. Yeah, you can. Yeah, absolutely you can. Uh the Nye guy says LeBron's Space Jam was a two hour long turd waiting to be punched off. Butthole. Wow. Okay. I mean, that's fine. So you you're saying you're not a Space Jam fan. Mm-hmm. You know, Tyler P says, I'm part of the shut up and dribble crowd. But why though? Why? Why is it that just because he is a billionaire athlete, LeBron James can't have an opinion on politics? I've never understood this. Never understood it. Like his opinion on politics is just as valid as yours or mine. Why is it a shut up and dribble thing? Oh, because he has power and influence. And he's black. Oh, I think that plays a huge part of it. Yeah. But he has power and influence. And I am not at all part of the shut up and dribble crowd. I'm not. Uh, Jake Gordon says, off to work, boys. Thanks for uh, the showgram this morning. I'll tune in later. Don't worry. I smashed the like button on my way out. Let's go. Yes, we're at uh, well over 1,500 views, and we're only at 69 on the like button. Um, So hit that like button, please. It really helps the channel grow. Uh, Giggity says, should Elon shut up and nerd out? And this is... Look, this is a really important discussion is what this is. It is. And I think that, I, I don't know. I think that I, my opinion on the shut up and dribble crowd, I'm not part of that crowd. I, I think that Braun's opinion, you know, he, he gets to have his opinion just like I get to have my opinion. Like we're, that's part of being an American. Like that just is what it is. Like, you know, if you take all of what he does and what we do aside, we all have our opinions. That's how our country is set up. But what I struggle with is that, it's this whole resentment thing again, right? Like, just like the trucker comment earlier. Hey, like, you know, maybe he should come and drive a truck and then I'd respect him. Maybe he should do something other than playing basketball, then I'd respect him. Because that's essentially what the shut up and dribble crowd is. Hey, like, he plays basketball. Just go play basketball and make your money. We don't want to hear from you. And my point is, isn't LeBron one of the most cultured individuals we have in the country? I mean, you're, you're literally talking about someone who grew up in Akron. Like, I love the Akron story, but that doesn't change the fact that that's Akron, not Los Angeles. The amount of opportunity in Akron is not very high. Like, this is someone who came from nothing, dude. He lived the American dream, 
but because he's taken it to such a high level, you resent him and don't want him to talk. That's what I don't understand. The guy, the guy's skin color could be purple, and I'd still want to hear from him. Like, to me, it has nothing to do with, like, for me personally, it's got nothing to do whether he's black or white. I want to hear from him because of the path he's been able to create. Like, I'd love to walk that path. And I think the shut up and dribble crowd doesn't want to say that. Yeah, and I, I also think part of what we overlook in these conversations is our country has created this culture where being good at sports gives you a platform. It's Tom Brady. You're gonna Tom Brady's gonna be on TV. He's doing a podcast and he is <laughs> works at Fox and Tom Brady's opinion matters. It, it, I mean, if who's a bigger influencer in the NBA than JJ Redick right now? Like if you look at the guys that we put up on these pedestals, LeBron's bigger than all of them. LeBron has far more reach than Tom Brady has. LeBron and and again, I go back to Tom Brady. Look at the controversy that Tom Brady ran into supporting Donald Trump. Yeah. Right? You, so it's LeBron is not the only one. I just think LeBron has so much more reach because he's just on a different level. And I also think it's because he plays in the NBA. You see his face. You know who he is. Part of the thing with football players is they're anonymous. Yeah. They're anonymous. They wear helmets. They're not in front of the media all the time. LeBron James is on your TV every single day, Thanks. every day. And NBA players, whether you like it or not, they make more money, they have more reach, they have more influence. And when you're black and you're rich and you're a great athlete, you, the, the world is in the palm of your hand. That's the culture we as a country have created. And so LeBron takes advantage of that and you get Laura Ingram telling him to shut up and dribble. Mm-hmm. And it just doesn't make a lot of sense. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense that you're telling LeBron, who has a chance to bring people out of poverty and educate them through like this school project that he runs and the amount of money in, in product that he gives to charity that you have never even heard about would blow your mind. You know what's really funny about that, that you bring that up? I think it brings it front and center in our state too. You all remember the reaction to the to the the school thing with Ryan Smith and the Jazz, right? The the, the scholarship the scholarship thing. So that's why I say the shut up and dribble crowd. And, and Tyler, I'm not trying to single you out personally. I'm just saying in general, the shut up and dribble crowd, in my experience, has been just a crowd full of haters, dude. Because whether it's Ryan Smith, the owner of the Jazz, who's a white guy in his, what is he, in his late 30s, early 40s, something like that. I don't know exactly. But a younger guy for the position he has, he's walked that same type of path. Yeah. Like he has. And he's he he doesn't have, he's not 6'9", 250. So he's not going to be on an NBA floor doing what Braun is doing. But he's got the hammer of billions. Yes. So that's what I'm saying. Like That's what I said earlier in the show. I wasn't kidding. You have to go out and find what your basketball is or your Qualtrics is or your thing. And you have to go and do that. And I, I think the hard part with somebody like John Stockton is, is that he just happened to pick the open wound in America. Like vaccines are so divisive in this country. Seriously. And, and it, there's just the coronavirus. No, that conversation, there's no winning that conversation. Yeah. And he's viewed as a radical on, on vaccines. I don't view him as a radical. I don't, me. I don't tend to agree with his viewpoints and his opinions. That doesn't mean he's wrong. And before we get a couple more comments in here, I think the thing that we have to remember is we're all entitled to the same freedoms LeBron has. We're not all entitled to the same income LeBron has, 
to the same influence LeBron has, to the same status LeBron has. He's earned all of that. He's earned it. And to your point, go find your basketball, man. Go find whatever you believe you need to do to earn the status or the position or the money or the whatever that you're looking for. You've got to go and do that. It's not free. And sometimes I think we as a society don't want to do the actual work. We just want the reward. We forget the process that led LeBron to where he is. We forget the process in our life because the process is the reward. The prize is not the reward. The process is the reward because if you just hand somebody a billion-dollar check, what does that really mean? Yeah. What does that really mean? It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. And a bunch of people are texting me about this. The bottom line is, If you don't believe that LeBron's skin color impacts the way people feel about him, I think that's crazy. Yeah. I think think there's no doubt that if you are Latino, any brown skin ethnicities, if you are black in this country, if you are Muslim in this country, you're going to be treated differently than me because I'm white. That's just the reality of it. And I think LeBron takes a lot of heat for being a black billionaire. Mm-hmm. I truly I truly do. And I know that's going to probably upset some people, but that's that's how I feel about it. Uh, let's see. Keith Carl. Good morning, Keith. Says, uh, for LeBron haters, it all started with the decision. Totally agree yeah, with I that. Yeah, I agree with that. It's That's yep. where it started. I agree. Yeah. Boston, who's a member of the program. Boston, good to see you this morning. He says, Stockton may have taken it too far, but it's not bad to ask the question. I know of several people that have developed my, myocarditis due to the vaccine. Hey, if 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 John Stockton wants to dig deeper into vaccines, go for it, man. Yeah. But what he's done and said means he can't be part of the Gonzaga crowd anymore. Right. They asked Gonzaga. him to leave. They revoked his season tickets. Like, but you don't hear about that, right? Like, that's a great. I feel like that's a prime example of specifically what we're talking about. If tomorrow Braun gets on the dais and says some outlandish thing about vaccines, that's going to be a major problem. Like, that's going to cause, like, I'm talking about national news. But look at like, Kyrie. Kyrie. It's a Kyrie great thing. example. Being, yep. You know, having, having anti-Semitic viewpoints is not, no longer in the mainstream. And when you get up multiple times and espouse about those, ye or Kyrie, Mm-hmm. You don't get the status and the influence that LeBron has. You get ostracized. When you when you get up and you you espouse your beliefs that are so outside of the American norm, John Stockton in, in vaccines. Mm-hmm. Whether I agree with you or not, the mainstream in this country, a lot of times, is going to determine what happens to you. Yeah. And when you're Kyrie Irving and you're a great basketball player, you can overcome that, and Mark Cuban will give you a contract extension. <laughs> That's the truth. Because you can play basketball, and he, you're a value to him. I think one of the interesting things about John Stockton is, how much value is John Stockton anymore? He's not. Because, you know, the other thing, the people that matter in this country now, John Stockton's aged out. How many, how many times have... You know, the people at Gonzaga who are truly Gonzaga running things. How many times have the people at Gonzaga who are truly running things in Spokane? Really, how many of them have an understanding of John Stockton? Gonzaga. How many students in Gonzaga ever saw John Stockton play an NBA game? It's a phenomenal question. 
So they'll write him off because they don't know who he is. Now, Kyrie Irving can get up and espouse his anti-Semitic views. He's going to take a little rip. I mean, he's going to be gone for a while, pull a couple of paychecks from him, but he's going to come back and be one of the best point guards in the NBA. Is this the dagger? So he can demand a trade and Mark Cuban will give him a contract extension. Your athletic ability means something. It's the reality. And you know what, Boston? I think you're right. I think you're right. He absolutely has the right, John Stockton, to ask questions about vaccines. You do, I do, anybody does. You're going to pay a price for that. You're going to pay a price for that. Tyler P says, uh, LeBron will never go against the narrative. It would be career suicide. Mm. I think LeBron's very aware of his legacy. I think he's very aware of his place in, in the public. I would. I, I would guess agree. my question would be, what what does going against the narrative look like for LeBron, though? Because this is the other side that never gets talked about, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Going against the narrative for Colin Kaepernick inherently meant that he was going to lose his career, and he was well aware of that the moment he did it, I think. I think he knew that, hey, this is really risky, but I believe in this, and I'm just going to do it, and we'll see where this where this road takes me. Had he won a Super Bowl with the 49ers, would he have a job today? It's... Mm-hmm. And hey, maybe he aged out of the league. I don't know. And, I, and I'm not certainly here to spark the fire of the ethics of Colin Kaepernick or his beliefs or any of that. I'm not, I'm not looking to go down that rabbit hole. But, but when I look at social conversations as they, you know, as we look at athletes, like Megan Rapino was willing to risk her spot on that national team for what she believed in. And they're making progress. You know, you look at, the Griner thing. You look at, you know, uh, th- we did this short on Brianna Stewart in her in her trade and what she's doing for the WNBA. It's like it doesn't matter, like who who they are anymore, and that's the problem. Like you, you we don't put time into their path and what they've been through to get to where no, they're at. We look at athletes as robots that we hang up on a hook yeah. at the end of the game. Yeah, and they're not. They're human beings, uh, which is why we you know cover them on football at fifty. At 10 to the hour, every hour, we're bringing the biggest stories in the NFL. Hey, by the way, it's Super Bowl week. We're going to talk about ESPN and TV and Mm -hmm. coming up here in 10 minutes. Is ESPN still an influential part of your sports world? But this week is very interesting. Are you guys watching Super Bowl week on media, on, on Radio Row, Media Row, if you will, at the Super Bowl? Are you guys paying attention to that? Like, because yesterday, Jake, you were not impressed by that at all, even though it is Super Bowl week. No, I mean, I, I, so it's no secret I'm a big Jim Rome fan. I don't listen to Jim's show during Super Bowl week because I'm not, I'm not interested in, in a million interviews. I can get down with extra interviews during a Super Bowl week, but the shows that do wall to wall interview, 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 I'm like, man, like if we did that on our show, you probably turn it off because you're here for the conversation, not necessarily the interview. And and my thing is like like the the Super Bowl is great the day of. But I'm not dying for minute to minute wall to wall coverage of Radio Row or all these interviews. Like I, I just I don't know, maybe maybe I'm a red ass about it, but I just the NFL has lost me outside of when the game is being played. It's just that's just what it is. Like I'm not I'm just not that plugged into it unless the game is on the field yeah. being played. Yeah. I love it. I as somebody who's broadcasted from Radio Row and done shows at the Super Bowl, I love it. 
it is the only time of year where you get to talk to most of the people that people are talking to at at the Super Bowl, and it's in Phoenix this year or Glendale. Right. Um, it's in Arizona this year. Like, I mean, it's spectacular. But I tend to agree with you. I think we, I want it to be Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I don't need a whole week of mm-hmm. old guy football player talking about his memories thanks to Subway. Yeah. Or thanks to American Family Insurance. You know, like, I I the, don't. The game itself isn't even on my mind yet. It's only Tuesday, bro. It's not like it's You Friday. really haven't thought much about that game. No. I can't wait for the Super Bowl. I'm excited. Mrs. Monty has a whole plan for us in Lake Tahoe. Like, I'm super stoked about it. You're not excited well, about no, the Super Bowl I, no, at all. That's, that's not. That's that's not what I said. I, I, it's just not on my radar yet. We got. I got shoots to do. I got shows to do. I got things to do. Like it'll be on my mind the night before Saturday. Okay, tomorrow Super Bowl Sunday. Like we're gonna have chips and ranch, and we're gonna have you know great food, and we're gonna sit around the tube and watch that and enjoy it and. You know, whatever. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it's 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 a it's almost like a holiday of sorts. And I still, you know, not that this is really part of the conversation. Super Bowl Monday should be a thing. The Monday after the Super Bowl should be a national holiday. I will continue to advocate for that. Wow, really? Hundred percent. Okay. Hundred percent. Okay. Don't forget, we'll be in Lake Tahoe next week doing the show in the afternoon. We will shift the show to the afternoon for you. So that'll be a sample. That'll be fun, right? Four o'clock uh, Mountain Time is when we'll start doing the shows next week, 3 o'clock Pacific. Stick around for that. Um, We've got to play the video of Kyler Murray rehabbing um, because I think this is sensational progress out of Kyler Murray. Um, It's going to shock you. I'm just telling you right now, this video of Kyler Murray. And this is exclusive to our show, by the way. Yeah, we're the only ones that have this. Uh, He tore his ACL, you know that, in late in the year. And and look at Kyler Murray all... Look at Kyler already banging in the squat rack. And then watch the way that this video is cut. Watch his face. You'll notice the ass-to-grass squat technique here. But notice his face here, the intensity. Look at that face. Let's go, Kyler. Let's go. Get it. I mean, if I'm watching this Kyler Murray, I feel like he is on a mission to get back to his best form with the Arizona Cardinals. and Man, and Cliffy and... DeAndre Hopkins. And, and you, you know, like, I mean, look how hard Kyler's. Reddick. Like, you got to be impressed that Kyler Murray is working this hard, aren't you? I mean, yeah. I'm really impressed by it. I know the guy has been much maligned as a quarterback and, and tearing the ACL. Left, you know? Yeah, I mean, tearing the ACL and, and, and seeing that kind of intensity on his face. I'm thrilled to not see him playing video games. I'm thrilled to see Kyler Murray here in this video in a squat machine. Yeah, it's great. And he's got a spotter, and the spotter's yoked, and it's great. It's Kyler Murray rehabbing his knee. Verticality, the little guy. No, you're not. You you, you guys are, you know, uh, Jared Eccles wants to know if Kyler got taller. Jeremy Bolton says, dude, who knew Murray could push up 35 pounds? (laughs) You know. Uh, I, I'm just saying. Um, Jeff Johnson says, "Dude is making sensational progress. Looks bigger already." Yeah, I mean, you know, he—that's actually a live feed. I mean, he looks bigger from last hour. You know, like. I mean, I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a live feed. Kyler is, you know, when you, when you look at it, Kyler's just in the marathon squad. Ask yeah. the grass session. Ask the grass, dude. I mean, he looks a little weak. Look at the spotter having to hold him up. Yeah. 
you know. Yeah, I mean, we got to make sure that that knee stays healthy. This has to be one of the funniest videos we've ever seen. Yes. Did you just run into this? Yes. Where'd you find it? Twitter. Yep, ran into it. And yep. the first thing Jake's like, oh, hey, 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 man, you got to look at this video of Kyler working on his knee rehab. The video wouldn't be as good if this little kid, otherwise known as Little Kyler, didn't scrunch his face up with intensity trying to lift next to no weight. And by the way, I, it should be said that I'm the one who came up with the Kyler joke. Uh -huh. you, you were just all in on the kid's face. Right. You know. I deserve I deserve the credit for right. coming up with the Kyler bun. Right. I do love, in all seriousness, A, look at this kid who can't be more than seven years old, if that. Look at this kid squatting a plate note on the, each note end. the flexibility. I mean, look at his face. I want my, well, my kid never had that. You hated lifting. Yeah. You Jake absolutely hated lifting weights when he was that kid's age. Yeah. But I don't know. I thought that. Yeah. I thought that was, that was pretty was good. Funny. That, that was, was pretty good. I'm pretty happy with that joke. Yeah. In, in I'll take stuff. it. You know. I'll take I mean, it. It's fine. Uh, Jared says he finally looks like a threat. If I was a linebacker, I'd think twice before chasing him down. <laughs> you know. Big Dog O-Town says, I feel my comments are controversial on here at times. No, they're not. You're fine. You're fine. Ziggy says it's roids. Could be. Well, I mean, he looks bigger. Yeah. He looks bigger. Yeah. You know. Uh, Tyler P says, I guess it's supposed to be funny, but who knows? Oh, come on. Come on. We're having a good time. Come on, Mr. Shut Up and Dribble. Have a good time with a little Kyler Murray joke. Funny. Football 50, 10 of the hour, every hour, presented by our good friends at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Make sure you get the Heart Baker. When you get a Heart Baker pizza from Papa Murphy's, it's like you're our Valentine. Because we're giving you our heart. Our fresh pepperoni and cheese-covered heart to take and bake however and whenever you'd like. But then you give our heart away? So does that make us your Valentine? Wow, love is hard. Thank goodness we're pizza. So whether you need a Valentine or need to be one, get what you need this Valentine's Day with a Heartbaker pizza from Papa Murphy's. Papa Murphy's Pizza presents Football 50, 10 to the hour, every hour on the Monty Show. And hey, make sure, get the Heartbaker, absolutely, but you got to get the marinara meatball. I mean, they, yes. they are the best. They're all beef, all Italian beef meatballs. And the the mozzarella and the seasoning, the... the mm. They're just like mom used to make. Right. They're really good. They are spectacularly good at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Make sure you use the promo code MONTY25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more at Papa Murphy's Pizza. A couple more comments for you. Um, let's see. Tyler P says, nah, I have an obligation to go against you guys at least half the time, so I got to hit my quota. Okay. Well, that's fine. You know. 801 West Valley says, shut up and laugh. Exactly that's right. Saying, shut that's up and, what I'm saying, Shut bro. up and dribble. Well, no, no. <laughs> shut up and have fun with it. Uh, Lopes Fan Gabe says, hit the like button, you casuals. I love that you yeah, guys Tyler, battle the while, like button. While you're hitting your quota, can you hit the like button, bro? Yeah, we've had just about 2,000 views on the show, and we're only at 87 likes. Come on, y'all. Let's go. Hit the like button. Uh, appreciate you guys all being here. The Monty Show, as always, is presented by our good friends at The Advocates. Uh, make sure you find them online, theadvocates.com. Uh, and we've had a huge explosion on this show of subscribers and viewership, and we really appreciate you guys being here. Big shout out to everybody in Las Vegas and Nevada watching the show. Big shout out to Arizona. Uh, big shout out to all of our friends in Boise. Mm -hmm. How's the blue turf up there, friends? 
Uh, Montana, huge to see you guys. Obviously, all over the great state of Utah. Shout the Mobamba. Los Angeles. By the way, yesterday on the show, a ton of Laker fans were in Los Angeles. Good to see you. It's been fun. The show has really taken off, and it's only because of people like the advocates who have supported us from the beginning. Really appreciate you guys. You know, when you do over 200,000 views uh, on a YouTube show, like that's a big deal. That is a lot of people, and we could not do it without people like the Advocates who are a presenting sponsor on the show. Check them out, theadvocates.com, the best injury attorneys in the business, without a doubt. And why I say that is because I trust them with my family and my friends because they use empathy. They have understanding. They care about each one of their clients because everybody's got a unique situation. When you're in an accident and you've been injured and maybe you got hurt at work, Maybe you slipped and fell. Jordan Clarkson falling down his driveway last week. <laughs> like when you look at people that don't salt their sidewalks or they have broken sidewalks and you've tripped and fallen, somebody's driving distracted. Obviously, all of the driver issues, no turn signal, running lights. You need somebody that's been in that situation before and the advocates have the experience to get you the best result, whatever that might be for your life. The advocates are prepared and ready to help you at theadvocates.com. There's a great chat feature. I know a lot of people don't like talking on the phone. And listen, man, you can chat with an attorney 24 hours a day, seven days a week at theadvocates.com, and it never costs you any money to have a consultation, to chat with somebody. There are no consultation fees, no retainer fees. You don't pay the advocates until they win your case at theadvocates.com. Com. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. A couple more comments in here. My um, Monty fan says, don't know if you know this, but Monty is a pretty big deal around here. Eh, I don't know that I go that Wait, far. Wait, did you, did you just call me fat? Like, what I'm is unfamiliar my, with it. My size does not define my human spirit. Yeah, that's stupid. It probably does. It, 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 it probably does. Gabriel, good morning, my friend. He says, morning, guys. Just finished watching you talk about the Pac-10 TV deal, and I would not be surprised if the conference devolves very soon. A lot of people love that. There is, and the funny thing, before we get to ESPN and TV deals here, it's funny you bring this up. It's very quiet on the Pac-12 TV deal front. Mm -hmm. And that should be concerning. Like, I, And the, there's two things that stand out to me about the Pac-12, Pac-10 deal. A, it's very quiet. And B, this continued mantra that, oh, you got you, you got to get a TV deal, then you can expand. You got to get it. If I'm the Pac-10, I've got another probably six months before I've got to put a, a pen on a piece of paper to get a TV deal. I would be out right now. I would be all in on San Diego State. I, I The other, the SMUs of the world, the boss of states of the world. Like, Gonzaga. Hey, okay, cool. San Diego State, then we'll go get somebody else. Yeah. I mean, if you get San Diego State, you actually have, because again, not to be redundant, I know I've said this on the, the program before. Program. You don't have representation south of Palo Alto, California. Yeah. Which is the Bay Area, Stanford. You have nothing south of that. Nothing. How is that possible? You don't have the Central Valley. You don't have Los Angeles. You don't have San Diego, San Bernardino. Like, you have nothing. You don't have Fresno. You don't have wine country. You got nothing, dude. Nothing. And San Diego State is just sitting there with beautiful new Snapdragon Stadium. They have absolutely a market that advertisers want. I'll use Toyota. Toyota wants to sell Camrys in San Diego. Mm -hmm. Well, if they're going to do that, they're going to go to the Padres. They're going to go to the NFL. 
They're going to go to the Mountain West. They're not going to the pack. What's going to be 10? Yeah. They want to sell Toyotas and Camrys in Los Angeles. To do that, they're going to go to the Big Ten. They're going to go to the NFL, who's got now two teams in Los Angeles. They're going to go to the NBA. They're go- like they have a million other options, but they if they want to sell Camrys in Southern California, they want to sell a Camry south of Palo Alto, the one place they know not to go, <coughs> the Pac-10. <coughs> Think about that. If you're ESPN, if you're Amazon Prime, if you're any of these people trying to do a deal with if, and specifically, it's Amazon Sports and ESPN. You can't tell an advertiser, well, hey, we have the Pac-10 uh, athletic package, you know, football, basketball, gymnastics, we got that. Um, why don't you give us some money, uh, Toyota? We'll sell you some Camrys. Yeah, we're really focused on Los Angeles, you know, one of the largest markets in the country where there's Please. a lot of people that buy Camrys. Uh, we got to go to the Big Ten. We got to go to the NBA. We got to go to the NFL. We got to go to MLS on Apple TV. Like, that's where we're at right now. If that is not shocking and terrifying to you, because even if you get a TV deal and you're at $25 million per school, and let's get wild and go with Wilner in the hotline who says $30 million per school per year. For what? Because we don't have California. We don't have Southern (laughs) California, Central California, San Diego, for what? What, do, what, do, what am I paying for? Because I cannot go to an advertiser and say, hey, because they're, they're going to say no. That's why I'm telling you, they're struggling to get top dollar on their TV deal because they don't have Southern Central California. Yeah. It's not rocket science. And by the way, I, I got to give a big shout out um, to my guys at Audi. No, I'm sitting here. I'm sitting here and they're sending me videos of the issue with my car. And it's, it's, um, the battery failed the charge test we did overnight, recommending a new battery to get us started. After that, we'll run it through a scan. Um, yeah. Anytime you hear the word run a scan, $550. Damn. Yeah. But you've had a good experience so far. I'm telling you, Strong Audi has been spectacular. Strong Audi is where it's at, dude. You bought your car there. I was there when you bought your car. I thought it was a great experience. Like, And again, again, I just need to say this because they, they don't, don't advertise. advertise. They're not, they don't spend money with us. You know that. Like, They're not on the show. But they've, they've been really good. And I, and I must say, like, you know, dude's battery died. You know, he took it to another Audi dealer in the state. And they said, you know, before this, and they said, oh, it's taken care of. And then... Clearly, it wasn't taken care of. And so he takes it to Strong Audi. And what are they telling you? They're literally... Because yesterday, you had a call with them. And yeah. you had said, in two minutes on this, then we'll get to ESPN. But you had a call with them. And they said, hey, yeah, um, you know, we, we understand. Because you had told them, hey, we're going to Tahoe Thursday. Need the car Friday. Thursday, yeah. Technically Thursday, I need the car. And so they said they would do their best to fit you in. And now what are you getting? You're getting call and communication and video and update on, hey, this is where we're at. The battery failed the test. Now we got to do a new battery just to get started. And then we're going to figure out what drained your battery. And they're sending me a video. I don't know if you guys can see this or not. They're sending me a video of my car and what they're doing with it. And it's got... 
Like, are you a concern of the uh, vehicle power? He's walking around. Eight millimeter. And would you recommend replacing them at four millimeters or less? Tires coming in at eight thirty seconds. We recommend replacing them at three thirty seconds or less. So still looking good on all the tires and brakes. Yeah, like he's just—it's amazing what they're doing. So you took the car in for battery, yep. right? You took the car in for battery, and what is he doing? So hey, we look got at this the car. Mess. This is the problem with my Audi is that's where the battery is. It's in the trunk. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they had a charger on it all night long. They put a charger on it and it failed. Yeah. So I'm probably going to need a but new battery here. Is, but this is, is spectacular. Hey, they, we've got the car in for this reason. But while it's here, we're going to go through an entire check. That's why I'm telling you, like all these people who were saying like, oh, well, you know, hey, it's not worth it to have, a, you know, a nicer car or whatever. It is worth Dude. it when you get it at the right dealership because the, the dealership experience to me and i'm a car guy and i am a noted dealer hater i am not a fan of taking my car to the dealer and getting ripped off on stuff that should be five bucks and getting charged 10. i'm not a fan of that but i have to say going through this you know as strong audi's been yeah, great and yeah. I, and my service advisor at strong audi is olive yeah olive's been spectacular she texts me she calls me you know, like she communicates with me, like she yeah. has just been, and she's gotten my business because of it. I bought tires from her. I bought my Michelin Pilot Sports from her. Um, the only thing that they haven't done is my brakes. I took it to a German shop um, in Orem or Lehigh. I believe it was Orem, yeah. Orem, who put on like bigger rotors, slot, drilled rotors, slotted rotors, like brake pads, like they did a whole thing. Other than that, they've always done all my my oil changes, 50,000-mile services, tires, like all that. This time, they have been great. I'm, so I'm telling you, you yeah. know. Uh, Jeff Johnson says, German dealers know how they can take uh, take you for quite a ride. Cha-ching. I don't know. The Lehigh Audi store wanted 2500 bucks to replace a battery last time. And I said, yeah, let's go ahead and do it. They refused to do it. They said, no, this battery is good. We're going to charge it. It'll hold a charge. It'll be fine. Three months later, where are we at? Dead in the water. Learn the lesson. And now, strong out. He's yeah. like, yeah, five fifty to replace the battery. All of you people out there, hear me on this. Unbelievable. Hear me on this. And if you're in Phoenix, hear me on this. As odd as it may sound, extreme temperature kills your battery, right? So, like, in Phoenix, when it's 100 degrees, a battery will last maybe two years. Maybe. maybe. If you're lucky. Maybe. And I'm not a big fan of having it. I've got enough on my mind. I'm not trying to worry about if my battery is going to start. I replaced my battery in the Subi, and what do you know? I could leave that thing out. We're good to go. So that's yep. what I'm saying. Like, I think this could just simply be a bad battery issue, not necessarily there's major stuff wrong with the rocket yeah, ship. And not to be redundant on it, but as you guys are aware, like I talked about on the show yesterday, I drove all over creation and we we went snowboarding Saturday. Jake actually took the time to go snowboarding with his fat ass father on Saturday. <laughs> and so um, we drove Klaus, the Audi, up to Park City. Great, great. No problem, no problem. Came home, parked it in the garage, had to come to the Grizzlies game on Saturday night, get in the car at, at 4.15 to get, get here by 5, dead in the water. Click, click, click when you hit the start button. Click, click, click. <clears throat> Sunday, Empire Toe showed up. The guy was spectacular. Um, I called Audi. They said, hey, there's a drop box on the south side of the building. Just have your guy drop the Audi there. Put it in the drop box. You're good to go. Put it in the drop box. Um, yesterday morning, they sent me a text saying, hey, we got your car. Like, hey, welcome to Audi, you know, Salt Lake City service. Yeah. Called after the show. They're like, he's like, hey, man, we are booked solid, but I'm going to do everything I can get you do in today. 
Um, so now I get a video this morning that they charged my battery overnight, didn't hold the charge, got to replace the battery. It's as good it's a business, service as dude. I could ask yeah. for. Yes. It's as good a business as I could ask for. Uh, all right, let's talk about ESPN here on the Monty Show. ESPN. Here's a question for you. Is ESPN TV good or bad? I would say it's average. Mm. I can't watch the talking head TV on ESPN. The only talking head TV I usually watch is Jim Rome. And that's only because, A, I used to work for him, and B, Jake forces it down my throat every day. That's right. But now I've gotten into it. I can't watch Colin Cowherd. I just don't respect his opinion because he's, I mean, like he is way off. And one day he'll say, he'll say LeBron's a hack. The next day he'll be like, LeBron's the greatest player ever. I have trouble with that. So when I say to you, hey, is ESPN TV good or bad? What does that mean to you? I mean, it's okay. It's it's average. Like, I think, you know, uh, I think it was yesterday we got, uh, what was it, Jay Williams and Stephen A., you know, getting into, you know, essentially a fight on the air about uh, Kyrie and, you know, what Stephen A. thought of Kyrie and, and all this stuff. And it's like the talking head stuff out of ESPN is just okay. It's not like... It's not amazing. I think the the bigger issue I have is is the programming side. Like there are so many times on ESPN where where I'm you know waiting for a game to start and it's preempted by you know like volleyball or like some softball game or some rando college basketball game that ESPN had contracted to fill time that went to double overtime. And now I don't get LeBron or I don't get what I was waiting for. And so that's upsetting to me. And so over the weekend, what do we get? We get the, the, the NFL Pro Bowl on ESPN. And in concept, I'm fine with that. Don't have any issue with it. But what I took issue with is that, is that the flag football game for the Pro Bowl on ESPN ran a little long. And so what did ESPN do? Well, ESPN moved the Knicks game to ESPN News, and people were pissed. People were like, dude, like, I don't get ESPN News. That's an extra as part of the package. Now, of course, I have ESPN News because I got the sports package with DirecTV, and I pay through the ass, and it's costing me my life savings. That's here nor there, though. My point is, is that ESPN does this, and it's frustrating when you have to go and search for things because ESPN has contracted something like the Pro Bowl. And what people were really upset about is it's the Pro Bowl. And so my question is, the Pro Bowl, what did you think of the Pro Bowl on ESPN? Because I got to tell you, I wasn't super invested in the Pro Bowl on ESPN. I wasn't like, oh man, like I got to watch this. I got to be a part of it. It's, 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 it's can't miss TV. That wasn't my experience with the Pro Bowl. My experience with the Pro Bowl is the same as it ever was, which is, Hey, it's the Pro Bowl. That's great that you got new events. Like you've got flag football. Like you've got this quarterback accuracy challenge. You've got all this stuff. You know, great. You guys, you guys innovated a little bit on the Pro Bowl, but I didn't have that excitement around it. Like I have around Knicks, and I think it was Sixers. I believe was the matchup. I was looking forward to that game, and to me, it's like, dude, like I understand the Pro Bowl is a big deal, but. I feel like the Knicks are a bigger deal. The Knicks on ESPN to me is a bigger deal, especially since the Knicks are halfway decent this year. If the Knicks sucked and like they were out of the playoff picture and they were that kind of team this year, I get it. I get it. You have no right to be upset about it, but the Knicks are actually good this year. The Knicks are actually like making some noise in the East this year. So to me, 
I was just, I was like, dude, I can't believe that ESPN is is moving this game because of the Pro Bowl. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome back. I mean, the people at Audi are ridiculous. Like, I, so my phone's been ringing. So the guy sent me a text saying, hey, I need to talk to you. So I called him back. And he's like, yeah, the car will be done today. I don't think there's anything else we're going to have to do, if, you know, in my experience. And he's like, do you want us to bring you the car? Yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> I told him I'd come pick it up. But he's like, do you want us to bring the car to you? I know, because I told him I, I had a busy day today. He's like, you want us to drop the car off? Where, where should we drop the car off? I'm like, no, I'll come by and get it. I love good service. As far as ESPN goes. Yeah. I, it, it's the Pro Bowl. It's the NFL. I have no problem with them bumping the Nick game in the regular season in February for the NFL Pro Bowl. Where are you at on the Pro Bowl itself? Because this is, this is an important piece of this conversation, in my opinion. We're different on this. Like I just spent five minutes talking about, I wasn't huge on the Pro Bowl this year, but I you loved liked it. it. I thought the flag football game was really compelling. Mrs. Monty and I watched a few minutes of it, and I loved everything I was watching. I, I thought the moment with Jalen Ramsey and Tyreek Hill, I think the Andrews touchdown catch from Tyler Huntley. Like I just look at some of the bigger moments in that game. I look at Peyton Manning being all pissed about a missed call at a flag football game. I thought it was amazing. Mm -hmm. I thought the on-field mics. I thought the on-field interviews. I thought ESPN crushed it. I'm not leaving the Pro Bowl early for Knicks basketball. We're not doing it's the NFL, man. It was everything that we've all complained about. And the problem is you didn't watch it. And so you didn't see like the on-field mic stuff. You didn't see the player interaction. It was compelling. Regardless of it being an exhibition flag football game. That's where I have trouble when you say it's the NFL. It's not the NFL. It's the Pro Bowl. But it's some of the biggest. It's, it is Jalen Ramsey and Tyreek Hill. Mm -hmm. And Tyreek Hill got absolutely lit up. It was a great moment. And then to talk to him about it and yep. to have Peyton Manning mic'd up. And like, it was a really good moment. I'm not saying that means that Knicks basketball is insignificant. We're not leaving the Pro Bowl with this stuff going on to go to a regular season NBA game. Sorry, that's why we have the ESPN family and networks. I but, don't know, dude. I think I, that, I think that, yeah, I don't know. We're I think the, on this the one. far bigger issue is guys like Stephen A. Smith and guys like, you know, Chris Russo. And right. you're trying to hang on to these guys because you haven't, in my opinion, in ESPN developed new younger talent. And it's not unlike politics because I'm tired of the same old dogs. Right. I'm tired of Stephen A. Smith yelling at me. I'm tired of, you know, having bad sports center talent where, you know, the 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 morning sports center, I actually really look forward to it every day when it's good talent, but you're giving me people who barely speak English, who don't know sports terminology, it drives me crazy. <coughs> right? It drives me crazy. And I feel like ESPN owes us more than that. You're the worldwide leader in sports and I think the viewer has played a big role in their development into that over the decades. Agreed. But I think they forget with guys like Stephen A. Smith, I don't want somebody yelling at me all the time. Best. And I don't want somebody, you know, like spewing hatred at me all the time. I also don't want politics on my sports talk shows. That's why we do so little of it here. There are some you can't get away from. I thought some of the stuff they did with the Chinese balloon was actually really funny. Yeah. And I think they should be doing that. But where did I watch that? On ESPN Plus is where I watched that, mm -hmm. right? I think when it comes to the television product, they're slipping. And the issue for me is when I'm exposed to ESPN, it's a live broadcast of a game 
college basketball last night, the NBA, like I'm exposed to it in, in a, that sense. And then there's only two other shows that I get exposed to on a daily basis, Morning Sports Center and Scott Van Pelt Sports Center. When you start messing with those, it's a problem. I intentionally avoid first take. I do. Yeah. But then I look at FS1 and I never watch FS1. I cannot like do <laughs> I like never. Like never. Never. Because I think that Colin Cowherd has become unwatchable and unlistenable since he left ESPN. Because it's garbage. And I there were times like when I worked in real estate, I'd be rolling around Scottsdale listening to it, can't do it anymore. He is it, it I don't know what's happened to him. I can't like the whole Skip and Shannon thing. We talked about this when Skip went off about Demar Hamlin. Yep. And yep. I can't do it anymore. Well, where was I know, Colin? I know who Skip is. Colin was nowhere to be found on Demar Hamlin, and that's the problem. Where was? But again, and in all full disclosure, I worked for Jim Rome back in the day. But where was Jim Rome on Demar Hamlin? Right in the middle of it, mm-hmm. talking about it, having an opinion I'm on it, man. having people on about like exactly. Jim Rome's the guy, right? So I have an issue with their inability to be confident talking about Brittany Griner in, in prison. Yeah. Talking about, you know, and any time like this Brianna Stewart stuff. It got so ugly on Twitter with Brianna Stewart. It's really unfortunate. Like we did a, a, a YouTube short on it. And, and the comments that YouTube held for review are disgusting. That's the problem with Skip and Shannon. That's the problem with Stephen A. Smith. Like, I just can't, I can't do it. Yeah, the, the, I would say, and, and this is really how I look at both, both, you know, depending on how I'm consuming it, right? But like both visual mediums and, and simply just spoken word, like the radio or, or even, even in the podcast realm, right? Like, I look at it and I say, okay, does this show feel like it's scripted? Does it feel like it is just sort of check the box kind of show? Or does it feel like I'm getting that genuine nature, that that sort of fabric of conversation that we all really want? Because like our show is an example. I listen to our show all the time. I critique myself. I listen to it probably four or five days a week. And I'm not saying I listen to it front to back, right? But what I do is I'll listen to some of our more controversial stuff. I'll listen to you know the, the biggest discussion we had on any given day just to see how it feels from your guys's perspective because it's really important to me and i feel like on our show we do a pretty good job of bringing that genuine nature that's what we really work and strive for but like with colin and like with Stephen a and first take i don't feel like i'm getting that like I, that's the problem that's what's missing right i and, think because all of that stuff is scripted yeah and i don't know how many people realize that the the stuff on you know like first take the stuff on even jim rome i don't know how many people realize that jim rome is heavily scripted like he says nothing off the top of his head which by the way is one of the the first things i ever learned is you never talk off the top of your head you have to be educated you have to be ready with your opinion on stuff but on espn the problem is they're so off script that they say stuff that is so outlandish that you can't back it up. Right. It's it it is it's just become unwatchable. And I think sports talk the issue in general has become that there are no conversations. Like the listener isn't part of the equation, the viewer isn't part of the equation. So it's just two guys yelling at each other. And I think you have to have a way to have Differing opinions. I think we've gotten into a place, and I know this is probably not the most popular opinion, 
I think we've gotten into a place where we force women into situations where they're not prepared and they're not ready to talk about a certain thing. So they're going to take a beating. But you know what the funny thing about that is? Who do I miss on Colin's show? Mm. I miss Joy Taylor something fierce on the herd. I, like I thought she was an integral part of the success of that show. And now it's just dudes talking sports. And for my, for my money, it just, it just is not good. Mm -hmm. And so I'll go to like any of the streaming options and they're just not good. There's nothing to hold me there. And I, I think that's why I need JJ Reddick. I need the younger cut of guy that is newer. That is like, I think this is why Rex Chapman does so well on his podcast and does so well on Twitter. Right. Because he's a new guy that's educated and doesn't mind giving his opinion. I think that's huge. If you look at the explosion of video podcasts, your guy, Kevin Durant, yeah. has a compelling podcast. Let's Go with Tom Brady yeah. is a compelling, compelling podcast. But if it was just Jim Gray alone on Let's Go, I'd never watch it or right. never listen to but it. But because he's secondary. And because it's Tom Brady, I'm going to go there and listen to him. Facts. Did you catch Let's Go this week? It's Tom Brady and Bill Belichick talking about their time together. How are you not watching that? Yeah, I like football. I like football season and all Dude, the things that go with like, it. How are you not watching that? <laughs> That's the amazing thing. And I, I also think that we've gotten into this place where in sports and in television largely, and if you look at Fox News, CNN, and this is why I bring this back, we did a short on CNN yesterday that did pretty well for us. What's wrong with CNN was the title of this short. Yeah. And I'm telling you it's Don Lemon. I'm telling you, Don Lemon has become unwatchable. But what is Don Lemon to CNN? Don Lemon is black. Don Lemon is gay. Don Lemon is a guy that has a massive appeal and reach. But he's so unwatchable that that appeal and reach is being wasted. Well, it's like they think, hey, because he's black, because he's gay, because he has this following in this reach that we can just put a script in his hand. He can read that script and run through a, 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 a program. And that'll be enough to get us, you know, ratings and viewership and all that good stuff. But that's not true. You could look like a cave troll, but if your conversation is compelling and it interests people and they feel like their opinion's valued, like the comment section, yep. they're going to be there for it. Well, and I, I think if, if you come back to CNN, who's your favorite personality at CNN? Caitlin Collins. And what is Caitlin Collins? She's young. She's smart and she's attractive and she's on the biggest stories in the world, which is where you ran into her was the white house. Yeah. Right. She's covering the white house. That's a huge story. She was really sharp. She's beautiful. She's smart, like intelligent. She has good opinions. Yes. How many people at Fox news can you say that about? Cause I think when you look at the ratings, Fox news is a behemoth. Yeah. But how many people are still not watching Fox news? A ton. How much money have they lost? A ton. You look at CNN. Nobody's watching CNN. It's like, it, and I'm not even exaggerating. I was looking at these numbers last night, getting ready to talk about this. CNN has 312,000 people watching their morning show. Which may seem like a big number, but in That's reality, it's tiny. 1.7 million people watch Fox and Friends. That's how little viewership CNN has. Yeah. And I'm telling you, me, me and Mrs. Monty tend to watch the news sometimes at night. We can't watch CNN. 
You, it's on the whole network is unwatchable. So we find ourselves going to Paramount Plus over the weekend and find finding the mayor of Kingstown, mm-hmm. or you know she loves her genealogy shows, or we'll watch Chicago PD or Law and Order or any of the other myriad of things that will allow us not to focus on CNN or Fox News or MSNBC or mm-hmm. ESPN or FS1 or CBS, but like. That's the problem. The programming's not compelling. Yes. All right, let's get your thoughts in here. Yusuf, good morning to you, my friend. Good to see you. Gabriel, good morning, says ESPN and Fox um, Sports is where there is so much toxic stuff uh, on NBA Twitter. They all want to push BS narratives and put fans to be combative with, combative with each other all the time. And that's the other thing. I think thing. there's something to that. People, I agree with that a lot. Like, I feel like the big networks feel like fighting is compelling conversation. Again, what was I referencing while my guy here was on the phone with Audi? The the Stephen A. J. Williams fight yesterday, that's not compelling. Unwatchable. It's uncomfortable. It's unwatchable. It's like, and, and to hear, I, I can't remember her name, I'm sorry, but the female host on that show, who's usually there, she's out today, but she's usually there, is like, hey, this is becoming personal, we need to move on. She's literally saying we need to move on, this is becoming personal. And J. Williams just goes in, yeah, it is personal, and... Yeah, like it was getting to a point where it was like, dude, like we need to chill out. Yeah. Like, and and that's the problem. Like, I just I think that's a great point, man. It's not a like hot take eye is not the the right thing. Yep, I agree. My Monty fan, a member of the program. And by the way, if you guys are not members of the show, we'd really encourage you. Uh, we'd love to get to hundred members. We're at eighty right now. And so if we could just get twenty more people to become members, that would be amazing. Um, and what you get is you get access into our uh, members only Instagram chat group last night. It was on fire during the jazz game. Yeah. Um, the Super Bowl, college football, life. Like we all kind of, we built this great community. You get exclusive videos. You get inside our, all of our inside jazz and NBA news first um, in our, in our group. Like it is a, there's a lot of value. Mrs. Monty will eventually drop our merch line. Probably not, but eventually she might. It's probably different than uh, what you're thinking, though. You'll get first access to that. There is a lot of good stuff that you get only right here on the Monty Show when you are a member. So please consider clicking the uh, membership link right there uh, to uh, join the group. It's $9.99 a month. And by the way, you can cancel at any time. And my Monty fan says they ha- also have a ton of craft the narratives to the liking of their audience. Liking underdogs don't bring in the majority of viewership. It's a business and they need a large audience to make money. Yeah. I think, you know, like looking at ESPN this morning, when you have a guy like a Dan Orlovsky on, Dan Orlovsky's making you money because it's hard. And by the way, there are a lot of bars and restaurants who ESPN is just on, right? So they're going to get that business. But I think when you look at ESPN Plus, I think that's the cash cow for ESPN. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have no doubt about that. Like, I look at some of the names that they have on their 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 prime shows on TV. I just don't know how many people does Rob Ninkovich relate to? How many people even know who that is? How many people, you know, like I just think that you have a bunch of people that are not compelling personalities. Yes. And I think that's the issue. Like if you turn on any of the all sports streaming channels, it's hard to like connect to people. It's hard to like Scott Farrell's a guy that's in a very interesting spot because I've known Scott since he was yay high to a grasshopper in talk radio. Mm-hmm. I I I listen to Scott on a pretty regular basis. You don't like him. 
He's not a guy that you can he's okay. connect to. He's he's just a just a guy. I mean, I I I know him from CBS Sports Radio. That's where I know him from. Uh, I think that I I remember him in his overnight days too. I think yes. he, he was really dynamic in in overnights. Everyone says, "Oh, well, nobody listens to radio overnight," and that's totally untrue. That's totally unfounded. Sports talk Third radio shift, overnight is is huge, and I know you have direct experience with it. Like yep. you know, like it's a big deal. But like, yeah, like I, I just think that. Listen, I just think that showing up and doing a show because you have a name or because you played football or because you have a exactly. certain voice, exactly. that's not good enough anymore, man. It's not good enough. I'm not just tuning in now because Buddy's name is Jim Rome. Do you know the only reason I listen to Jim or even like Jim? It's not because Jim is some great guy or because he has some phenomenal show. Phenomenal. But, but what I'm here for is the funny stuff, the 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 unique funny stuff that you're not going to get on other shows. And yeah. I'm not certainly saying that Jim's show is better than every show out there. I'm just simply saying that I know I can go there every week except Super Bowl week, and I can get some dumb caller calling in and making an ass of himself. Or I can get, you know, some funny-ass take about, about like, you know, all these conspiracy theorists with DeMar Hamlin. And, like, <laughs> I can get unique stuff, yes, you know? Like, that's, that's, that's right. That's, like, the that's only right. reason I listen to Jim. I got to tell you, when he starts interviewing random writer guy, I turn the show off. But what are we not listening to because we're listening to Jim Rome? Yeah, local radio in this town. Nothing local. Nothing. nothing. There's nothing to hold on to. There man. really isn't. I agree. TBE at DK's uh, says, I don't think they would be allowed to truly be unscripted because of how many viewers there are. They won't uh, allow true personal opinions. Oh, I think at ESPN, having worked there, your personal opinion matters. But there are things you're not going to talk about. Mm -hmm. That's just the way it is. Yeah. Um, and it's one of the things we love about doing our own show is we can talk about whatever we want. But when you go into a corporate atmosphere, you have to understand, I agree with you. I agree with you, DK. So there's just some things you're not going to talk about and some things in a certain way you won't. Gabriel says, I feel like ever since Stephen A. got that big bag from ESPN, he's lost his touch from back in the day. I would agree with that. Totally. Jeff says, uh, that's right, Jake. ESPN is super scripted. I watch for more entertainment purposes and watch you guys for content and information. Well, I think there's absolutely, there's absolutely part about it. I mean, they are, I don't know that you, do you watch ESPN to be entertained? Uh, well, I mean, from a, like a talking heads perspective, no. I, the only thing I will say, the only thing that I watch on ESPN that I look forward to is Dan Orlovsky and Ryan Clark breaking down football. I yep. love that but i don't need to watch and this is part of the problem in media as well i don't need to watch espn to get adam Schefter to get woge to get right they're on twitter man yeah i get them on twitter so i don't turn on the tv to be like oh i wonder what's happening in the nba i get it on twitter already yep so i think there's a big part of that uh telling screaming a to calm down is like telling a volcano not to erupt tanner says that could yeah. be uh, Matthew says it's a business. That's for sure. Look at every single Disney product, not just ESPN. It uses the zeitgeist as a cash cow. That could be, I, I think they're very tailored as you would expect them to be. Yeah. The as you would expect the, them listen, to the be. The complaint is not that it's tailored or that it's scripted. My complaint is that it's you, not good. It's dry. Not it's not good. It's not funny. Yes. Like, like we all know the NFL is scripted. It's funny. It's entertaining. <clears throat> Sorry. 
Okay, there you go. The NFL scripted. That was a joke. You can't even humor me and laugh. No, because I'm not. I, I'm not here for that. Because what that does is it opens the bear cage and the bear comes out, and all of a sudden you're getting mauled by the NFL. I'm gonna get evil on your ass. I'm not going to entertain your your nonsense. <laughs> Don't you dare hijack the show. Demar Hamlin's dead. Don't Sorry. you do it. Sorry, my bad. Sorry, flat earthers. My bad. So you think the NFL is scripted? I don't. Okay. I just wanted to make the joke because it was okay. funny. Sam Lock, good morning to you, says, watching Hardy not own his team's bad defense in his post-game interview was absolute BS. And why in the hell was Doak playing last night? Dude, Sam, you're pissed, dude. You were in the chat last night, like, going full stream in AI. I don't understand the, the Yudoka Azubuki thing. Talking jazz, by the way. Yudoka Azubuki, who I think I could be wrong. I think he actually played college basketball. You can't tell by the way he plays with the Jazz. <coughs> He's not athletic enough, and he is still, he just looks lost to me. That's the thing. If he were mentally there, he could get physically there. Homie just doesn't know what to do when he's on the floor. And I don't know why you just don't send him down to the G League and leave him there. Please. He's not playing up here. And why are you not, if they're going to be on the team, why are you not playing Talon Horton Tucker? Yeah. And NAW, look, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, I don't know what he did to wind up in the relegated doghouse, Sam, but he's in the doghouse, no doubt. Uh, RR says, I like to watch talking heads uh, to shout at each other, but that's just what it is, kind of like reality TV or something. It is what it is, but sometimes it entertains me. Yeah. Okay. There's I mean, nothing hey, wrong with that, man. And if that's your flavor, there is nothing long, wrong with that. Yeah. Not at all. Um, NY Monty fan says, I'd be interested to know what subscribership is of ESPN Plus versus what is left in the pie chart. They yeah. might have the majority because they are the only ones. Are they the only ones, though? Well, <laughs> I think they're the only ones that do sports talking heads decently well like again we're sitting here having a conversation about screaming a or yeah. some of these other shows but the reality is is like at least with espn you can have it on because you know th that if something happens in the sports world they're going to talk about it immediately so you know that like that's the only reason i have espn on like like in the background generally because i know okay if we're doing the show i know that the ticker is going to be red and say breaking news if something happens but, but here's the problem what are we going to get when there's no breaking news? Aaron Rodgers is holding the Packers hostage. Wow. Something Dallas Cowboys. Yep. During the season, all kinds of Red Sox and Yankees. Yeah. That's what you get from ESPN. Yeah. I, that's it. That's the whole thing. Yep. And it drives... It, like, I wish ESPN was less reliant on the NFL, and specifically Dallas and Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay. Because that's all we ever get. And now that Tommy is retired... Mm-hmm. I'm curious who the next drama queen quarterback <laughs> ESPN is going to come up with because it's just so it's so frustrating that all we get on ESPN is the Dallas Cowboys and Aaron Rodgers holding the Packers hostage. Yeah. We need more diversity, in my opinion. Big Dog O-Town, what's up? I uh, hope you're good up there in Ogden. Uh, he says, that's why I don't watch mainstream nothing sports. News nothing. The woke movement is off the chain. All my viewing is on YouTube for every everything program. Everything program. Appreciate you, dude. Program. Um, yeah, but I also, bro. you know, the, 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 the people locally, there's only one streaming option outside of us locally, and that's BYU Sports Nation. And it's, it's okay. It's very dry for me. Uh, but if you're a BYU fan, BYU Sports Nation is the go-to show. But even, even a BYU fan 
can't get away from the fact that it's BYU Sports yeah. Nation. But it, you know, when you listen to that, you're going to get the news, and I appreciate that. And that's why I say, like, that's why that's why I always that's why I always think it's funny. People are like, oh well, Locked On Jazz or BYU Sports Nation or any of these other you know programs that allegedly compete with us. Like, I don't even yeah. think it's like I don't even like to use the word compete because. Locked on Jazz's product is different than our product. Yeah. It's different than BYU Sports Nation. Is different than, you know, uh, uh, a radio show in this town. Like, it's just different. Because we are the product. The two of us are the product. On BYU Sports Nation, BYU is the product. On Locked on Jazz, David Locke's bought and paid for by the Jazz. So the Jazz are the product. Right. You just don't have a lot of content in this town that is the human being. You know, like it, there's, there really isn't a radio show that's not owned and operated by some major corporation or the church. You don't have a TV stream or a TV show that's not, there are really no original sports television shows in this town. Mm-hmm. And there really is no original streaming in this town that's, that's driven by personalities. And it, to me anyway, I think it, it there's a, that's an issue. That's an issue. That's why we exist. Right. That's the only reason we exist because there was a vacuum for what we do. So, and by the way, it's helped us immensely. You know, I mean, it's, it's put us in the Maverick Center, partnered with the Maverick Center and the Utah Grizzlies to build a studio. Like it's made all of this possible. Yeah. You know, like it, it puts now well over 200,000 people in a month on our show. Yeah. Like it, it, it's made this the biggest sports talk show in Utah. It's crazy. But there's nobody else who does what we do. Yeah. And I think that ESPN is largely in that space right now. But who's really competing with ESPN? Nobody. I mean, you think about what ESPN has live sports-wise. How do you screw it up? You have the NFL. You have college football in the biggest college football. Yep. You have college basketball. You have the NBA and the biggest NBA on NBA on ESPN and ABC. Mm-hmm. You really... I mean, there's you have baseball, you have the NHL again. Like, there's not a sport you don't have. You have you own the UFC. F one. You have F one. You have. I mean, what don't you have that you need? You even have. Don't they even carry golf sometimes too? Yes. And like, they, and, and wasn't or that was TNT, huh? TNT had the the match or whatever with yes. Brady and Mickelson and all that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, but. Yeah, ESPN and ABC even have the Masters. Like, wh- yeah, what else they, do you want? And again, as someone who's not a like, I like playing golf. I like getting out on the course. Like, I love that just as much as anyone. But I'm not going to shy away from the fact that I'm not like a golf expert, you know. And, no. and but the Masters is something that I get excited about because it is the Masters. It's Augusta. It's like a thing. Like, so I love that that's on ESPN. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I, it's a conversation we wanted to have because I just don't think that it's really tough with the media landscape these days. Cause you're not getting anything. That's not, that's not heavily pre-scripted mm-hmm. like parameters of conversation. You get very little unscripted, real discussion. Yeah. And when it is, it's Stephen A. Smith screaming at somebody mm-hmm. or it's Skip Bayless yelling at somebody. So people don't watch. And it's, I think everybody thought cord cutting was because of politics. It wasn't because of politics. We, we now know that people who cord cut still watch ESPN. Yep. Right? I mean, that's, that's the reality of it. Uh, Gabriel says, my father, uh, who casually watches sports with me, always questions why first take is nothing but screaming. 
And that shows how ESPN is turning away potential viewers with that nonsense, totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Yusuf, good morning, says, please give a moment and a thought of the people affected by the earthquake in Turkey and Syria. Dude, I mean, the sheer... Have you got you? I mean, you guys certainly have seen the tape out of Turkey. I mean, the it's devastation, the bro. buildings that yeah. just simply are not there anymore. Yeah, I mean, the number of people trapped in those buildings. I, my God, I don't even. I, I don't even know where you go with that. Tanner says BYU Sports Nation sucks out loud. Most of the people there are massive homers, and when BYU loses, they look for every excuse in the book. I honestly, I've maybe watched five times. It's not a bad product. It's just it's what you would expect. If you're if you're BYU, yeah. don't you love it? Yeah, I mean it, it's. I think you do. You know, look, Tanner's a BYU guy. You know, and I respect the opinion. But, but Tanner's it's... also the sports fan that is on that negative slant. Which it's I'm not attacking you, but the Eagles suck. They're in the Super Bowl. Oh, they're going to lose. They're in the Super Bowl. BYU sucks, and BYU like that. There's a a, a huge sect of sports fandom. Yeah, that is on that side of it. Yeah. And I, the truth about BYU Sports Nation is it doesn't suck. It's not elite. It just is what they need it to be. Correct. That's it. I agree completely. Nobody in this town wants to be elite. Nobody in this town wants to suck. Everybody just wants to make money. Do so what we're gonna be, done. We're going to be right in the middle. Yep. We're, we're not going to have any <coughs> ratings. <coughs> we're going to make a little bit of money. We're not going to spend any money to be really elite. We're not going to do video. We're not going to ask hard. Like, that's the problem in Utah. It lacks. And, and you know what? Who knows? We make headway every day with somebody. Someday, somewhere, it'll be. Uh, My Monty fan says, a couple of hacks on YouTube own the Utah market. Bunch of hacks versus haters. Hey, man. I appreciate that. Uh, My Monty fan also says, I go to the Monty Show podcast. Uh, and, well, that's it. Thank you. That's awesome. And, you know, it, it's, and again, I, I always clarify this, but we're trying to get away from the narrative that we're a podcast because we're not. We're not yeah. a podcast, dude. And, and, and New York Monty fan, I'm not criticizing you per se. The The real problem is, the re, like, the issue is, is nobody understands how to use YouTube. Nobody understands, like, in our industry, like, clearly people know how to use YouTube. But <laughs> in the sports world, people don't understand YouTube, bro. So somebody came to us the other day and was like, you can, you know what? You guys talk about having 200,000 views a month. I mean, you're full of crap. You only have 10,000 subscribers. And my response <laughs> to that was, that's exactly, you just keep believing that. It's amazing. To, and this was a major media professional sports guy who is in our demographic. He's, he's, he's I think, between you and me in age, he's around 40, and he has no idea how YouTube works. No idea. And I explain it to him, and he's like, oh. Mm. Oh. And then, uh, and then okay. what happens? What happens? This, and this is my favorite part, because this has happened probably six, seven, eight times. You explain all this to them. They start to understand the, you know, the metrics and how it, how it works and why subs and views don't correlate. and you know, They start to understand it all. And then you just say, you know what? You don't take my word for it. Go on YouTube, search Utah Jazz. Tell me what comes up. Do a search. Oh, the Lockdown Jazz will be first. Okay. Oh, the Utah Jazz. Okay. Like, go go, knock yourself out, kid. Do it. Like, do it, dude. Do and, it. And the best part is, is that when people finally recognize the power of YouTube, 
They still don't have any idea how to harness it. And it's going to happen. Everybody's going to figure it out because people have stopped turning on the radio. Yeah. And advertise every, we talked to an advertiser yesterday. Oh, that was the funny thing. That was the other thing, dude. We've had like four people in the last probably eight weeks be like, how are you guys getting all these advertisers? How does that, how, like, how? You, you don't have ratings. No, but I can tell you in the last minute, 40 people watched the show. I could tell you like at four o'clock in the afternoon, I could tell you, you know, how many people and how many people a we month. Know, and like, we know, and YouTube's analytics have a long way to go. They do, yes. A long way to go. Yes. But they tell us, hey, this state is your number one state, this this region, this general area, yes. Salt Lake City, yes. metropolitan area. But they can tell you this many people watch it. Like quite literally, like Jake just said, YouTube will tell you, okay, in this in this minute, this many people watched it. Here's how long they watched this video for. Mm -hmm. That's why we know that the average person watches our, our yesterday. The average person watched our live show for 27 minutes. Mm -hmm. They watch like we get those. So it's just funny to see when you tell people, okay, well, listen, man, subscribers mean nothing in terms of how many people watch your channel. It means nothing. YouTube is all about SEO. They have a very specific criteria for how to build your videos. And you know, like they just their algorithm is not hard to understand, but they have a very specific way to get in the algorithm. Mm -hmm. Play the game. You get a ton of people watch your videos. Don't play the game. You don't get a lot of people that watch your videos. You either have to be part of a big brand like the Jazz, or you have to play the SEO game really well, like we do, because we don't have the we don't have the built-in audience of working for the Jazz, right? We don't have ESPN behind us. It's not. It's not that difficult, you guys. And it's crazy how many people do. Uh, Tom says not bad. Live shows make me think of a play, though. Okay. Uh, TBE at DK says mainstream media is losing its fame. YouTube and other outlets are definitely picking up. Oh my God, hundred percent, absolutely, hundred percent. Gumby too sexy says program exactly right. Program. Uh, Ken Williams says YouTube is the future of entertainment. Exactly program. right. Yes, Ken. Exactly right. Yes, sir. No doubt about it. Tom says Jake, how would you describe the show in less than two words? What's a better description than podcast? A better description of podcasts in two words doesn't exist. Um, but my description of it would be a live sports talk show. Yeah. Because the, cause the thing is, is that people hear live streaming and they immediately go to podcasts. And I don't know how that correlation was. And I'm not saying that about our show. I'm saying in general, like yeah. when I've said to people, hey, we're a live streaming sports talk show. Oh, you mean a podcast? Well, no, a podcast is record your content whether that's an audio file or video file whatever it is then publish that after the fact that's the true definition of a podcast yeah i think a podcast is a pre-recorded thing that hey you know jimmy and kevin just got off of work they they produce it they post it and it lives for a week and then next week they're going to do another one like we're every day 24 hours a day seven days a week the we, other advantage of youtube <laughs> 24 hours a day seven days a week facial recognition yeah. It's crazy. Uh, My Monty fan says, everyone has a voice on the Monty show, right or wrong, you have a voice. Yeah, we we don't believe in capping anybody. Yeah. You're all entitled to We've your opinion, We've capped one man. person on this show, and that's because they were making fake accounts to attack listeners. Yep. Keaton Lyon says, hi. What's up, hi, Keaton? Keaton? Where are you from, bro? Good What's your see team? You. What's his, your deal? His, uh, I believe his picture is of Dak Prescott. Oh, Cowboys fan. Okay. I love it. Okay, let's go. I love it. Let's Eric go. C says, RSL should move to San Diego. People here love soccer. Dude, I, I, 
I love soccer. I just need the MLS to step up. MLS has to be better. You know what we almost talked about today? We almost talked about City and relegation. Manchester City, yeah. We almost did. I couldn't mm, couldn't do it. Uh, What's up, Mark Rasmussen says, amen. Uh, James Knight says, can you guys tell me why Jordan Poole wasn't tossed last night for a crude act? Yeah, I... Jordan Poole is on the edge of being sent to Houston or Nowhereville NBA. No. Because he is quickly acting his way out of Golden State. Yeah. And he is, dude, I'm just telling you. Jeremy Bolton says, hey, uh, hey, Monty in the morning is the best showgroom. Monty. Exactly right. Showcast. Kenai Johnson says showcast. Uh, A podcast is not live. I would agree with that. Uh, My Monty fan says interactive sportscast. Gumby Too Sexy says a live program. Yeah, that's how I choose to say it. It's a live sports talk show. That's yeah. what it is. Uh, Giggity says two studs. Program. Says two studs. What's up, big bro? Me and who else, though? Who's the other stud, though? I'm not too familiar with that. Travis Bird says, sorry, Monty. I've been telling everybody you're the king of podcasts. That's fine, dude. That's the way you describe it. That's awesome. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Whatever you say, you're the best thing to come into my life since Disney+. Plus. Appreciate you, bro. Okay, I appreciate you. Look forward to meeting you someday. Gabriel says the program sound effect is satisfying somehow. Program. Program. <laughs> Geoff says, I call you guys a sports talk show. Appreciate Perfect. that, Perfect. That's what I mean, yeah. yeah. Capazzo says, I think you're onto something there with the interactive sports cast. Yeah, I don't hate that. Yep. I don't hate that. Yep. Uh, Mark Hales. Good morning, Mark. How are you, man? Says podcasts come from the iPod broadcast. You are a sports broadcast. There you go. There you go. Appreciate that. Tanner says, I would need a wellness check if RSL moved out of Utah. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. Teddy. What's up, Teddy? Teddy. Good to see you, dude. Um, Thought about you in the shower this morning. Whoa. Um, Whoa. You know, I I joke. I didn't know I did. (laughs) Um, I've been thinking about buying a cold tub. At some point, would I use a cold, a cold tub five days a week? If, if we I did, had, if a, we did YouTube on it, we would. We would. Damn. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, I, that's what I have to do. I have, like, I have to have some sort of, and I've been doing pretty good with the cold shower thing. But a cold tub is next level. Like what Teddy does is nothing, or is, or what I do is nothing compared to what Teddy does. But I did. I I'm up to four minutes in the cold shower this morning, but I'm standing there f- just like dying because it it. I've also done a lot of research on this, and they say when you get into the cold shower or the cold tub, you actually need to move your arms, and you need to not stand still in the cold shower. And uh, Huberman was saying, hey, just rock back and forth, because what happens is, what I was doing is I would put my hands on the wall, and I would just let the water run down my face and my chest, and then I'll, I'll like stick my head all the way through to run down my back or whatever, and I would just stand there, and you get used to it. And Huberman says that's because your body puts a layer between you and the cold water to protect you. So what you need to do is is rock back and forth, and then your body won't do that because it doesn't have the consistent source of cold. Yeah. Dude, it hurts. It hurts. And I'd had a little bit of that. When you sit in cold water, and Teddy, I'm sure you can attest to this, because Teddy sits in a huge trough yeah. of ice-cold water. And Teddy's doing like five minutes, like he's next level. But when I when I rock back and forth in the cold water now, it actually makes my collarbones hurt. It makes my upper back, like I get pain mm-hmm. because that water, 
It's crazy, dude. But I got to think like, like for these, I follow a couple of Instagram accounts now that do cold plunge in a tub outside. And I got to think that, not that Huberman's wrong, but just the thought of like submerging in that cold of water, even for three minutes. Because in a tub, <sighs> you're probably not going to move a whole lot. Dude. Like, I could see trying to move your arms or whatever, but... But you're not like all the guys I watch. They just sit there. They don't. They don't move Man. a whole lot. And, and I have to think that in the shower, moving's probably important. But I, I couldn't do I, mentally. I don't think I'm tough enough to do a cold tub routine five days or seven days or like to do ninety days in a row Dude. without the YouTube accountability. I'd have to have or even just Instagram accountability. I'd have yeah. to have that. Yeah, dude. Uh, Talking with Raphael podcast says my podcast is live. Oh, is it really? That's there awesome, you go. dude. There you go. That's awesome. Put a link in the chat, dude. Yeah, Where can we get it. your podcast? Let's get you. Let's get you going, dude. Jeremy Bolton says Monty and the white polo guy. The white polo guy. I agree. That's right. Uh, Eric C says how many people in uh, Monty town even know RSL has a title? How many people know? Tanner knows. Bro, what are you talking about, man? Tanner's our RSL guy. Giggity says the Kawhi laugh greater than program. <laughs> I would, you know what, Giggity? I agree with you. Uh, I totally agree with you. Kenai Johnson says Jeremy Bolton. Love it. Exactly. Monty and the white polo guy. Uh, Yusuf says you guys are the only show I make time for. Yep, I agree. James Knight says I, I hope they trap him all night and let some other mofo score. There you go. James, you're a little passionate about Jordan Poole, my man. I'm not a Jordan Poole guy. I'm not. Nick Hines says Teddy is an animal. He, he is, is, Nick. dude. The guy dude. is, I mean, man. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says when Teddy Wayman does a push-up, he isn't lifting himself up. He's pushing the earth down. That's right. That's, That's what right. I'm saying. I'm going to get medieval on your ass. That's what I'm saying. Yusuf says uh, if you don't do the ice bath in minimal increments, actually it's bad for you. Yeah, I don't think you should be doing 10 minutes in an ice bath each time it's, it's, I don't. it's 11 minutes a week dude yeah and and dr huberman will tell you it's five minutes maximum yeah five minutes and i'm a big believer in this light in your eyes thing like it, that's probably a different show but he talks about getting sunlight on your face first thing in the morning and, and not to look directly into the sun but just look in the direction of the sun where you can look comfortably yeah and it makes a huge difference and i'm telling you well if we ever Decide to move the program to the afternoons or different schedule or something. Maybe we can try that. Yeah. Uh, Nick Hines says, the. Uh, but let's be honest, the rubber ducky is the real dude, MVP. I, yes. I, I Teddy and his rubber fan, ducky. Dude. The rubber ducky in the ice bath was absolutely the finishing touch. I'm telling you guys, you should join the membership Do if it. only to get into the Instagram, uh, the Instagram exclusive group for the yes. Monty Show. Yes. Teddy Wayman puts pictures of his cold plunge. With a, a rubber ducky in his <laughs> in his tub, and I'm just like, my god, my god. Uh, San Diego State, what's up, Glenn? Interactive sports talk. I like it. I like that. Uh, you guys are making this sound better and better every day, LOL. I'm telling you, cold plunging is the way to go, it, bro. Dude. And it's and it's particularly yes. worth it if you have someone or like a couple guys that that can like support you through because it's hard, man. I I won't even. It's difficult. Dude, Louis Capasso says to Gumby, some of us are old enough to remember the debut of the Sony Walkman. Dude, I, I had one, the first Sony Walkman I ever had. It's an erection. Gas, dude. It was so good. Can you measure it? it oh, it, yes, you can. Uh, let's see. Zach Spencer says, yes, you could. You're a, you are tough enough. Man, I, I think I could. Zach Spencer's another guy that cold plunges. Um, yeah. I could do, I think I could. 
I think I think I could. I would just need the 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 group accountability. That's what I I would. Need. It is because it's difficult, bro. It's not easy, man. It is not easy at all. Uh, Ken Williams says, I love how honest you are and how you will evolve as a person on the show. If you're not a member, become one. We have a good time on the chat. No cold showers for me. I'll stick to my hot tub. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's my guy right I'm there, I'm telling bro. you, the, the, the member chat on Instagram is remarkable. It's worth the time, dude. On it, like, by the way, by the way, I would. What time? What time is it? What time is it? Eight fifty. Okay, can we? I want to play Tan. Can we play Tanner's video, please? Yeah, I put where it is in it? There. I, you I put, put it in yeah. here. All right. So Tanner had a project. Um, here it is, right here. Tanner is in school to become a marketing genius. Yeah. And so one of the things he did is he made a a video of us for about our show for a marketing project in school, and I thought it was I thought it was really cool. And I thought, Tanner, you did a great job. Um, so without further ado, let me get this comment off the screen right here. And let me take this banner off the screen. Mm -hmm. There you go. And then let me go and uh, play this video. Here's Tanner's marketing project for school about our show. Have you ever wished for a show that would talk about everything, but also tries to be objective? Well, you don't have to wish anymore. The Monty Show has all of that and much more. This is a live sports show that doesn't just talk about sports. They talk about everything regarding life, whether that be jobs, politics, life advice, etc. The hosts of the show are Tim on the right and Jake Montemayor on the left. Tim goes by Monty. Yes, they are both related. Jake is Monty's son. They started the show around 2014, but they've been on YouTube for the last two years plus. Monty has been in the sports talk industry for many years, and as a result, he has many connections within multiple sports franchises. Because of these connections, Monty gets inside information regarding the major decisions made by sports franchises. There was a lot of talk in the National Basketball Association that Utah Jazz star Donovan Mitchell was going to be traded. Where was he going to be traded? Nobody knew at the time. However, Monty reported on the show that his sources in the Jazz organization mentioned that they were planning to trade Mitchell to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Sometime later, Monty's report turned out to be true, as Mitchell was traded to Cleveland. While it's live, Monty and Jake have enabled the live chat option for listeners to weigh in on many of the topics that they discuss. Monty and Jake have also created an exclusive club for their listeners to join. It only costs $10, and the members of the club get to have their comments read first, and they get to join an Instagram chat group. Being in the club is a lot of fun, because in the chat group, you get to chat with Monty, Jake, and the rest of the members about anything. The show also does drawings for giveaways. They've given away Traeger smokers, tickets to sporting events, and game consoles. I've been a devoted listener to the show for about two years, and last year, I was able to win an Xbox Series X. Monty and Jake drove to where I lived to deliver it to me. I was able to talk to them for a little bit, and personally, I think they're a lot more cooler in person than they are on the show. As you can see, if you join the Monty Show, not only will you be getting truthful information about sports and other life stuff, but you'll also be able to join a community. Wait, did he just give me a backhanded compliment? Hey, man, they're a lot cooler in person than they are on the show. All I mean, gas, no break. There are a couple of 
Okay. There are a couple of dicks on the show, but in person, I mean, you know. <laughs> wow. Tanner. <laughs> Tanner. Dude. Way to go. Really yeah. well done. I really Congratulations. Yeah. Like, and A, thank you, dude. I'm like really flattered you would take that much time and, and say those things about us. Like, I'm really flattered by that. And I just, I, I think you killed it, man. It was really good. You're going to get an F because our show, you know, sucks. We're just a couple of hacks on YouTube. Uh, you know. Now, you know what I thought you, you know. did a great job of? Um, and I'm being sincere. I thought you did a great job capturing uh, without being able to include actual show content, like sound from the show. I thought you did a great job of capturing the essence of what yeah. our show is. I thought, yes. you know, you did, you know, a great job showing what the Instagram chat is about. Because uh, that, what you said is true. I mean, you, we talk about pretty much anything at any time in that Instagram chat. And so I wanted to do right by you and play it on the show so everyone could see it because I thought you did a great job. So thank you. Yeah, really well done, dude. Really, really well yeah. done, Tanner. I'm happy for you, man. Um, and you know what, dude? Let us, anytime we can help you guys, anytime you guys need something, anytime you want us to do something for you, like yeah. if it's your birthday, tell us that. We're happy to like do shout outs for you or hey, you know what? If you want to hang out, if you want to whatever, like, I mean, we can figure it out. Like it, it's fun for us to, to meet you guys. It's fun to go down to Tanner's place and give him an Xbox and, we like doing that stuff. All right, a couple more, then we got to go. Um, Teddy Wayman says, I, I agree. Three to five minutes is best. I only did the 14 minutes uh, to go longer than Al Alma. Yeah, Alma Wayman. Wayman Brothers Construction, by the way. Coming to the crib on Thursday. Mm -hmm. I really hope you can just repair my shower floor because yeah. I have no desire to redo my, my mat. Don't hire a bad contractor. Yeah. I pay for that. Like the faucet in my master bathroom now is turning the wrong way. <laughs> So I'm going to have to get that fixed too. Like, oh, shit. dude, don't hire a crappy contractor. Yeah. Learn from me. Hire the Wayman brothers. Yeah. Because everything they've done has been my hot tub. I have a hot Great tub in my day, backyard. Dude. Great. Yeah, amazing. So Teddy, way to go. 14 minutes. Uh, what is holding you guys up from moving the show to the lunch hour? Other obligations. We are likely going to, at some point, dabble with the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And we may, I don't know, might be three o'clock, might be noon. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, M.Y. Monty fan says, Teddy Wayman doesn't drink coffee, but uh, drinks a cup full of nails. Okay. Okay. Justin Salas, who's a member of the program. Justin, where you been, dude? Says, Teddy Wayman's tears cure cancer. Too bad he never cries. What is, what is this? A Dos Equis <laughs> commercial? <laughs> what, is it, what, what, what is this? The most interesting oh, man in the world? <laughs> his tears cure cancer. Too bad he never cries. No. <laughs> uh, well done, sir. Oh, my God. Uh, Zach Spencer says, y'all, come up on Monday. Come up where? Yeah, what are you talking about, oh, We'll be in Tahoe. It doesn't matter. We'll be in Tahoe. Is that what he's? Day. Is he talking about Park City or what is he I talking? I don't know. What, what are you, are you talking yeah, about? What are you talking about, bro? Uh, TBE says the cold plunge is that before or after you take a normal shower. So here's how we do it. Um, I take a. I'm a shower guy. So like this morning, my wife was up a little early. I usually get up at three fifty. Mm -hmm. She was up at three twenty six. So I just got out of bed and got in the shower. Took about a ten minute hot shower and then I put my phone. Just your regular iPhone. I use the timer feature on my phone. And my toilet's right next to my shower stall. 
Uh, I have a smaller master bathroom. So I put the phone on the toilet and I just hit a timer for three minutes and 10 seconds. Um, today it was four minutes and 10 seconds because it takes me about 10 seconds to build up the willpower Dude. to turn the faucet yeah. to, or turn the shower head on myself. Yeah. So uh, what I do is I just turn the water all the way down to as cold as I can stand it. And I'm almost all the way at the bottom to where it almost turns off a little bit. But um, I just turn the water all the way down. Then I turn my timer on. So I give the, the water time to go from hot to cold. Hit start on my timer. And then I just turn the, the shower head and it just sprays me. And usually what I had been doing is just letting the water hit my, like from my cheeks down to my chest and just get used to it. But now what I've started doing is the water comes down and I just kind of rock back and forth. And I will do that for about 40 seconds, 40, 45 seconds. And then I play this little mind game with myself where at like today it was at three minutes and 10 seconds left on the timer. I, I don't avoid the water flow. Like the water's coming down like right here. I don't move my head around it. I will force myself to put my face right in that water and just slowly go through it and lean my head forward until the water hits the top of my head and rolls down my back. And then I do the same thing now. I just rock back and forth a little bit. And then at about two minutes left, I turn around and just let the water roll down my back. And it's so painful. To, when you turn around and it, oh man, dude. It, 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 it's painful and I do that until about a minute left and then I turn back around and I just let the water hit me right in the face for about a minute. Yeah. As long as I can take it. Um, and then I'll just dip my head so I can see the, like I have a glass shower enclosure and I just wipe the water off the glass. Timer turns to zero. I count to 10. I don't just turn the water off at zero. Yeah. Because it's like a mental game with myself. I, it's really hard. I have to, I focus on my breathing and I don't focus on the clock. I only look at it. I try to look at it three times. And I just focus on my breathing. And then when I see the, the timer hit zero, I just put my face in the water and I count down from 10. So 10, 9, 8. And the whole time I'm breathing in through my nose and out through my mouth. And then after 10 second count, I turn the water off, squeegee my glass, and I'm on my way. There you go. And it is, uh, it is absolutely just bone chilling, dude. Like it is, man. Yeah, we have any reaction to the Tanner video? Like, did people say anything good about it, or like what? Uh, Scammer trolling says this is damn impressive. Gumby too sexy says uh, who's Tim? That'd be me. Thanks. Hello. Jeremy Bolton says uh, let's go, Tanner. Yeah. Uh, NY Monty fan says Tanner freaking plumber plumbing up. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> Yusuf says way to go, Tanner. Teddy says hell yeah, Tanner plumber. Let's go. Like yeah, man. Uh, Tanner says, I have many mispronunciations, your guy's last name. No, I don't. I may have mispronounced your last name. Nah, You're it's good. fine. You're good. Who knows? You, nobody knows. It, it's fine. Uh, Jaren says, let's go. Gumby too sexy says sources, bro. Exactly. Uh, Lewis says, good job putting this together, Tanner. It, it's great. Um, Nick Hines says, fun to see Tanner's face. Also, am I the only one who didn't know Monty's first name? No, you're not. You're not. Nobody ever calls. Oh, you're rolling! Yeah. Shut your mouth. Mrs. Monty's the only one who does. Yeah. Uh, Matt Ritson says awesome. Car Wash Channel says the Jazz should trade Kelly and Conley for three good uh, for good three point shooter to make Utah win. I think you're going to see Kelly and Beasley get traded to Miami. Yeah. That would. That's one I would really keep an eye on. Yeah. Uh, Gumby too sexy says, hey, when's Monty going to give Jake away? Well, 
When he gives me away, do you want me to stay in the white polo or would you prefer black? Exactly. Jeremy Bolton says, however, why no soaker logo at the end of the video? <laughs> that would make this video from an A to an A+. <laughs> Cold-blooded. <laughs> Ken Williams oh. says, Tanner, great job, kid. Yeah. Everybody loved it. I'm telling you, Tanner, it's a really good piece. And my Monty fan says, proud of you, Tanner. Glad you're one of us. Uh, exactly. I'm glad you're with us, Tanner. Talking with Raphael says, that's awesome, Tanner. Proud of you. Uh, Mark Rasmussen says, very cute. <laughs> Tanner says, thanks again, guys, for letting me make the video about your show. Yeah, thanks for doing it, man. Uh, James Knight says, that's taking super soaking to the stratosphere. That's right. That's right. That's exactly right. All right, you guys, we got to go. Yeah. We got to roll. I appreciate all of you. Thank you so much for being here every day. Couldn't do it without you guys. If you haven't, please hit the like button. If you have, haven't, please join the membership. There's a link right there. Love having you guys on the show every day, man. Appreciate y'all. Until tomorrow, when I remind you again that this program is brought to you by our good friends at The Advocates. Theadvocates.com. Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.